Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, Hour one of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. The first of those, man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews. The queen of the invisible box, Autumn Fisher is here. And of course, we cannot go any further if we do not have, and luckily we do have, the handsomest producer in all of producery, Shameful. Jared Yamamoto. And Eric, it's Monday, so guess what that means? Uh, something stupid, hashtag Twitter, yes, blah, need, blah, blah. We need some Monday motivation from you, man. I got some Monday motivation for you. Are you ready for I'm me? I'm ready. I didn't know you were going to come to me for this, but right off the top of my head, here's my Monday motivation. Okay, writing it down. Get up. Get out. Do it. Otherwise, you'll starve. <laughs> There's your Monday motivation. Why do we go to work? Why do we work hard? Because the body needs nutrition. The body needs sustenance. And we have to pay for that sort of thing. I know the kids may not understand. Hey, man. Why? Um, that's pretty reductionist. It is reductionist. It does. It reduces you to nothing more than somebody who has to figure out a way to survive in this world. So I agree. It is reductionist. I think we need more reducing in this world. People, people have been inflated too much. Are you fat egos. shaming me? I, I didn't say a thing about your. Sounds uh, like you're fat shaming well, me. Well, yeah, you, you, you could drop a few, but I hadn't thought about it. Um, Embrace your curves, Tim. I'm going to HR because I'm um, healthy at every size. Puffin stuff, or what was it? Uh, you going to HR puffin stuff? Yeah. Or HR McMaster? Which one what are you going to go to? McMaster. What is he talking about? No mean? idea what I'm talking about. Can I? I want to tell you that I think we're gonna have a great show because right before we went on the air. My producer, shameful Jared Yamamoto, oh, no. told me, I, I said something like, hey, man, come on, let's, let's get going. We'll have a good show on Monday morning. And he said, don't worry about it. I only drank from 11 a.m. until 5 a.m. on Saturday. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I had a very responsible Sunday. <laughs> and, I rested up. And-, and somehow you fit Taylor Swift concert in there. How could I say no? It was a free uh, ticket. So hold on. You showed up drunk at Taylor Swift, and you left drunk. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I actually had a good time. I actually uh, thought it was a good show. He you- was posting on the Eric Von Hess. Instagram uh, page on accident all weekend. Oh, too. that wasn't on accident. That oh. is, that thing is the stories of all of us. We I don't know. Know. He's trying to he's trying to extend his reach. Thank yes, you. Thank you well, I will, right. I, will, I will tell you this. I'll uh, help you with that. <laughs> I will tell you this that since uh, since I never go to our Instagram or any Instagram, I, I didn't see it. But I hope the kids did. I hope the kids liked it. Let's do this. Headlines for Monday, August thirteenth. It's not very smart, is it? I should tell people everyone should go to our, you know, follow us on. I, you know, I like it when I'm watching a show or I'm listening, and I hear follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Well, tell them the name of the Instagram, Eric. Uh, the Instagram is uh, Eric. Is it the Eric Graham? 
What is it? Oh, All right, oh. sorry. Jared, go ahead. Is tell. it the... Uh, it's uh, at the underscore Vaughn underscore Doctrine. Vaughn yeah. Hessler Doctrine. The, Von, oh, you got it wrong. Yeah, I did get it wrong. Right, so <laughs> my name is Vaughn Hessler. You yeah. understand oh, that? Oh, right? thank you. I forgot. Yeah, you know right. what I learned over the weekend? I got a lot to talk about here. I don't want to start the show off with it because it's got news and information and tapes and people and anger and all the stuff that makes for good talk radio. And I don't want to get out of it. But I'll tell you something I learned about myself this weekend. And it explains a lot to me. It seems simple. But I've been dealing with separate incidents. You ever do that? You're dealing with separate incidents, and then all of a sudden you realize, no, there's a reason that I do this. There's one thing that all of them have in common. This is what I realized about myself, Eric Von Hessler. I just don't like protest songs. It doesn't matter what you're protesting. It doesn't matter if it's important or if it needs more light shed upon it or not. I just don't like protest songs. Does anybody enjoy protest songs? Anybody? Some. Some oh, 60s really? ones. Oh, you go back and, oh, I want to hear that song about, uh, Signs. about Vietnam. Signs is a good song. Yeah, but I mean, you could... What about you, Ohio? No, no. It's, it's like one incident that happened a long time ago. <laughs> Why am I... How many more? Well, I know how many more. As far as that kind of thing on campus, it was zero after that. So it doesn't... But you go back to then and go, how many more? We're looking to the future. This, but we know looking back. What about times they are changing? That's a good song. Now Watergate does not bother me. Does does that does that <laughs> resonate with you now? It's a, when you write a song, Which Watergate? It, it should resonate, uh, you know, through time. Not be some some anyway. I went and saw a show. I'll I'll get to it. There aren't any new ones though, really. Well, I'm saying I was at uh, David Byrne in Ohio. It was fantastic. I think it's a little political. I don't like Trump. You don't like Trump. <laughs> he didn't say. Everybody he, hates Trump. He, he didn't say. He didn't say his name. He didn't say his name. But there was a you know, protest song at the end. I just got up and got a Mountain Dew actually. But and it made me question myself. Don't am I cold hearted? Do I not care? Well, by getting a Mountain Dew or because of David Byrne? Because I walked away oh, from oh, a protest okay. gotcha. song just where sure. he was trying to scream at me about what I should. I just think. All right, let me get into a little bit of it right now. I just think that when musicians. It's condescending to believe that I am not smart enough on my own to digest the news of the day and come to reasonable, intelligent conclusions. Why would I need an artist to guide me? Isn't that condescending? Uh, slightly. Yeah. So I just don't like any protest songs. I have more to say about that because later on, when I was questioning, am I just heartless? Do I not care? And then an, an organic situation came up, and I did care. And that's when I realized it's not the issue. It's protest songs. You know what? I'm going to write a protest song protesting protest songs because I don't want to hear another one as long as I live. You want me to sing it? Uh, you know what? You put it together. All right. Mr. Trump. And I'd you, shameful Jared Yamamoto. Yes. I don't tune into WSB to hear about whether or not the host likes protest songs. I want to go over the news and events of the day. Well, here you go. The White House is trying to prevent former Trump aide Omarosa from releasing more audio tapes. In fact, one just came out just a little while ago. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's not go to that one before explaining to people what happened. You know, i got to teach you about news. You can't assume that the audience knows everything you do. Well, if they listen to WSB, they well, got to be smart maybe folks, they, right? You know, maybe they were comatose for the last two days. Perhaps so. Came to. That's you don't a fair know. point. You don't know. So she's got a book that comes out on Tuesday. Correct. Why do books always come out on Tuesday? 
Why? You guys know? I don't know. Why? Because uh, it gives uh, extra time to get them on the shelves. If you said Monday, if you get a late shipment, uh, uh, they won't be there. So they ship them to be there by Monday. They're on sale on Tuesday. A little something to learn here. Uh, she's got a book coming out called Unhinged, I think. Yes. About her time with Trump. So Trump, the only reason anybody uh, within within hearing of my voice right now knows who this woman is, is because of Donald Trump. I mean, if it weren't for Trump, no one would know who this woman is, and he was loyal to her. And as far as I, I'm concerned, she just turned on him. Now, the thing over the weekend, she was on Meet the Press. Uh, she she taped conversations, and the one, the first one she released, apparently, she taped in the Situation Room, which I don't know if it's against the law. It's certainly against protocol because that's the room where they decide what to do about North Korea, what to do about you know. You're not supposed to have any recording devices in that room. And do you have the that first one, or do you just have the Meet the Press? I just have this. I have the Meet the Press audio from that in the and second. The second one. Okay. So in the in the uh, what was the first one about that she released? Uh, anyway, go ahead. Play the Meet the Press thing. The chief of staff of the United States, under the direction of the president of the United States, threatening me on damage to my reputation and things getting ugly for me. That's downright criminal. And if I didn't have these recordings, no one in America would believe me. No one. She recorded uh, John Kelly basically firing her. And there's nothing that I hear in there that sounds to me any different than somebody getting fired. Hey, we'd like this to work out. We'd like it to be smooth. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a public thing. Do you have her talking to uh, uh, Chuck Todd on Meet the Press? Oh, yes. Because I caught something in this that uh, I don't know if other people caught. Because, you know, I'm always going on about reporters not understanding what reporting actually is. You're not a reporter if you care who wins. You're not a reporter. You're an advocate at that point. You're not a reporter uh, if, you're, if you're on one side or the other. But listen closely here. Chuck Todd reveals himself as a member of the resistance. Oh, part of the reason that you're there is to stand in front of the racial freight train. And that you didn't you didn't do that. That you and you've admitted that you were complicit. I described myself as a guardrail. Did you uh, hear that? You admitted that you were complicit. You admitted that you were complicit. Not now if you were a reporter that was dispassionate, you would say you've said you were complicit. You've gone on record as, as saying you're complicit, but do you have the, the isolated ISO of that? And you've admitted that you were complicit. Just, you've admitted that you were complicit. That's like you've confessed that you've you're confessed. a sinner. You've admitted. So he's, he's, there's no objectivity here from Chuck Todd's point of view. We all know that people who work with this president to help with his agenda are complicit. Complicit is a word of the resistance. So one more time on the ISO. And you've admitted that you were complicit. Just... That's not a reporter. That's an advocate. It's America. You can be whatever you want to be. But that little thing right there, and I know people listening like, well, we always knew this about Chuck Todd. Well, it's not enough just to know. You actually do have to have evidence. One more time with the evidence. And you've admitted that you were complicit. Just... You've admitted that you were complicit. That is not reporting. That is uh, two advocates. Also... I find it interesting that when Omarosa was saying good things about Donald Trump, as far as the media was concerned, she didn't even rank up to an idiot. She was a buffoon. Yes. 
A buffoon, an idiot you might have to deal with, a buffoon is to be ignored. A clown, a ridiculous, but as soon as she, same person, same brain, same experiences, same life, same time period, really. Then she says, when she starts saying bad things about Trump, suddenly, oh, meet the press. We need to have her on. We need to take her seriously. Same. All right. Uh, you want to hear the latest audio? Right, the, latest, co- the latest one is she's talking to President Trump on the phone after she's found out that she's been fired. From yeah, the and I got to tell you something. Trump is lying through his teeth here. There is no way. There's no way that Kelly talked to her about being fired as chief of staff before telling the president <laughs> that he was going to do it. And this so. Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly. General Kelly came to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. No, I, I, nobody even told me about it. Nobody. Wow. You know, they run a big operation, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn it. I don't love you leaving at all. <laughs> You don't love her leaving at all? I don't love her leaving at all. This breaks my heart, Amarosa. I'm shocked. I didn't I didn't know. Never well, learned not to love Amarosa. General Kelly came to me and said the Yeah, he said it, so Well, you know, look, they run a big operation over That's there. That's why I like they run a big operation over there. I have you know nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. It is t- we live in absurd times, so here's my advice. Laugh. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining, honest, independent thinker. New time, 9 till noon. And find the Von Hessler Doctrine Daily Podcast at evhdoctrine.com. Yeah, that's what I found out about myself this weekend. Sorry, Bono. I just don't like protest songs. Just it's condescending. Hey, Eric, you've lived 54 years. Uh, you probably don't know how to digest the news events of the day. Let me guide you and tell you how you should think. On this, I need a little more time later on to explain what happened after the show and how I realized that I do still care about the world. I just don't like protest songs. How do you not like protest songs? <laughs> I have a really good one right here. You ready? I can't believe you like protest I love songs. Them. I, God, they're so good. <laughs> I grew up at a time when they made sense. Here's a good one. Ready? Yeah. By the great Peter, Paul, and Mary. Mm. We still see the specials on PBS. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening, all over this land. I'd hammer out danger. I'd hammer out a warning. I'd hammer out love between all my brothers and my sisters, all over this land. That's wow. pretty good as protest songs go. Puff the magic dragon. Was that a protest song? Yeah, I think it was about dope. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was about getting high, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I guess that was a protest. Everybody like to get high with Mary and go, oh, she's all right. <laughs> Mary was quite sexy. Yeah, but not, not, uh, well, not at the end. Look, look, President Trump. I'm just saying. We all age. I know. I'm, look, we all me, age. I age. I'm, right. I look great. Well, you, you've gained a pound. I look as good as I did in the 80s. <laughs> so you want a Coke? You get a pound. Give me a Coke. Here you go. Here Somebody go. give me a Coke. What Cokes are you up to? Uh, <laughs> next story, which I think is related to the last story. Yes, it but. is. Uh, Kanye West has denied being stumped by Jimmy Kimmel when he asked him about his support for Donald Trump. Now, I ignored this uh, on Friday. We could have done it. But what was? do you have the clip? I do. Uh, Here it is. So he's on Jimmy Kimmel saying, I still like Trump and, you yeah. You so famously and so powerfully said George Bush doesn't care about black people. It makes me wonder what makes you think that Donald Trump does or any people at all. 
Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. And uh, Kanye West. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now Kanye's saying that he wasn't stumped. Yeah, Kanye was just looking around the room. He didn't answer Kimmel. You so, know that uh, back in the old days, in the uh, 90s, the mid-90s, I knew Jimmy Kimmel. He was, uh, I believe, doing uh, Win Ben Stein's Money. Yeah. Then I met him right before he got that. And, uh, you know, I wasn't in the inner circle, but we bumped shoulders from time to time and, you know, had conversations. And can I tell you that this whole thing, either either this man did a 180 or this is all BS. Because I didn't know someone, I wouldn't even say less political, I mean hostile. Hostile to political correctness. In the mid-90s, Jimmy Kimmel would say to me, hey, we got to do something. Oprah, you know what, she's, uh, men aren't men anymore. And uh, Oprah runs the world, and we, we, we got to make a stand. And I was like, I don't want to make a stand. I don't, I don't know. I'm 31. I got a job. I'm in Los Angeles. I feel pretty good about myself. I don't think Oprah is oppressing me in any way what's, you know, whatsoever. So he's older. I guess people change. But when I knew him, he was completely like if, if he would make fun of you if you read too much of the paper. <laughs> Believe me, this the mid-90s Jimmy Kimmel was not interested in social justice in any way. Now people change, possibly, you but I he's haven't. He's I like, haven't changed, I'm proud to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same dummy I was in 1995. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank Channel 2's Fred Blankenship, who helped us out this morning. You know, we do a video in the morning. Every morning. And Fred helped us out this morning, and I enjoyed the end result. Where, where would people go to see this if they're they, not? They would go to the official Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page, and you can see uh, <laughs> Fred, uh, Eric tried to take a selfie with Fred. Uh, you know, I just uh, <laughs> leave it to the imagination, but I'd like to thank you for, to uh, Fred Blankenship. You know, something else I learned this weekend, and I, hopefully I'll, I'll have some time a little bit later to actually, because this, this was part and parcel of finding out that uh, about myself, the epiphany, that I just don't like protest songs at all. But along with that, and again, I'll tell the whole story later, I can tell you something else I learned. Apparently, everyone from Burundi is skinny. <laughs> you may ask yourself, how, do you, how, how does this fellow know this? It all works together. Everyone from Burundi is skinny, and Eric Von Hessler hates protest songs. Let's do this. Wow. It's Mailbag Monday. We've got the open mics, Facebook messages, and emails we've collected from the week. See, they say uh, tease ahead. I'm always told that. And that was, uh, it was a very cryptic tease, I think. I think a tease is even better if it's cryptic. You know, I wonder about the millennial. Let's do a millennial check. It's Jared Yamamoto. Okay. Uh-oh. Hands up. Hands up so you can't go online. Do you know what cryptic means? Cryptic? Yeah. Now, uh, hold, before you answer. Coded. Like a coded answer. I'm not giving him that. No? I'm not giving him that. Now, this is a very... This is, this is, this is one of the best out of his generation. Well-educated fella. Coded, maybe. Cryptic is, it's like you say something and it's uh, it leaves a mystery out there. Like, it's just exactly what it's cryptic. Yeah. Well, you left true. a message. I don't know the coded. Uh, it's one of those Jeopardy things where immediately you get an ant. 
No, they might come back. Is that? Can you do that again? <laughs> you say coded and you do it. Coded. Yeah. But maybe they come back from a commercial and reverse themselves. Sure. I love when that I happens. I want $1,000. I love when that happens, when they realize they correct themselves on the fly. Now, what if they're wrong in the final Jeopardy? Oh, they have to they, come back. They, they, have, to, they come back. They have to interrupt the news. Or yeah. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We were wrong. During, Sorry, David Muir. Yeah. <laughs> we were wrong. Say, during Wheel of Fortune, they're going to have to come on there and fix things. My understanding is it's the other way around, Wheel of Fortune. Yes. Oh, that's true. Before yes. Jeopardy. Oh, sorry. Right. Sorry, guys. Um, you should apologize. That's something you should really... <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to accept it, but at least... You did apologize. That's what it should have happened. We should have done it. Get on him. I really messed up, you yeah. guys. Yeah, well, it's Monday. It's early. Uh, this is Monday Mailbag, we're calling it. But my understanding is it's all open mics. And uh, pretty much. I mean, we have some Facebook stuff and some emails. Uh, but I thought you'd tell me it's all open mics. There is a – we are flooded with open mics. So I'm going to try to get through as many of these I as I can. I just want to explain to people the reason we're not doing it as the open mic segment is because I cannot stand – the intro that was put together last week for that new segment. So we'll just go with Monday Mailbag. All right, perfect. Here's your first open mic. Hey, this is less of an open mic and more of a question just for Eric. Uh, did you meet Kimmel when he was over there working with Kevin and Bean at K-Rock? Is that when you knew him? The answer is yes, absolutely. Was, we that, were, supposed uh, to, was that a cryptic? Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't know if that means something. We were a part of. Oh, you <laughs> thought it was a coded? Like, no, sorry, judges have spoken. It turns out it was not a coded response at all. I mean, what was the point of that? He could have just emailed you and asked. He just you. wanted to know. Maybe he's from Los Angeles or something. Yeah, and maybe I just wanted he, to check on that. Maybe he, <laughs> he used, maybe he used to listen to Kevin and Bean or something like that. Oh yeah. Yes, we were. On I mean, radio. when you knew him back then. I mean, how many years ago was that? Well, you do the math. It was. I don't know when that was. I knew him from ninety-five to ninety-eight. All right, when, what's that math? Well, 23 uh, to 20 years ago. Well, it's, just, right, it's a long time. Aren't girls supposed to be better at math? I guess they're not. Girls no. aren't good That's at why math. men built everything. Right. I'm not right? here okay. to do math. <laughs> I'm here to do the voices and make with the yuck yucks. And also with the noises. If we oh, that's have... right. Uh, yeah, yeah, my answer is coded. Yes. <laughs> okay, here's another open mic from the WS. So the answer is, uh, yeah, 95 to 98. Well, my point is that it was just a long time ago. And maybe, I, I mean, it makes sense that some, I mean, you you used to be... Uh, no, I was a libertarian then. I'm a libertarian now. No, not back then. I mean, before that. Oh, way before that. Yeah. This I'm just telling you. I am just telling you that back in those days... <laughs> yeah, she's autumn splaining. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut, Tim. Back in those days, <laughs> around that bunch, Corolla and Kimmel... They would make fun of you if you read too much. I mean, like, Why are you in that book, What loser? a nerd. What a nerd. They, if I was around them, if I was reading something that was deep, I would put it under my uh, mattress. <laughs> I'd put it under my oh, mattress. Okay. Oh. I would say that's where their minds were. They were like maxim level. Yeah. It was like frat party all the time. They were teasing you. Oprah. Oh, they were teasing me. Oprah. Yes. I knew that. Oh, is that what they turned around and created the man show, which is the exact result of everything that they believed at the time. But the man show saying, made fun of men more I'm, than it exploited oh, women. Why do you have to? You weren't there. There weren't men weren't jumping there. on trampolines. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, how about that? Ladies jumping on trampolines. Is that part of the hashtag MeToo movement that we all know that Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> believes in and will support? How about putting on blackface and pretending to be uh, Carl Malone? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I'll just call him alone. And all the order. Let, let me just say, I don't care. I, I'm just mm -hmm. saying that when I knew the guy, uh, he was not well steeped in politics. 
that makes any sense. Here's another and open. the tea of politics. Yeah, tea he was of not poli- steeped. Exactly. The, that bag did not get, stay in the water, in the political waters long enough. Very thin. All right. Eric Von Hessler, I love the show and screw the haters. I would like to hear Trump tell former presidents how much better he is than them, like maybe Obama, W, and Clinton. I'm sure y'all can arrange that. Appreciate it. Oh, he said we can arrange that. I thought he was... Not we don't sure. arrange anything here. Now, first, I want to I want to say one thing. I, I don't know that there are haters because I do something very different than everyone else these days. I'm not on social media. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I assume some people love the show and some people hate the show, and that's cool. That's fine. It's America. I don't need to go in there. And I have the idea of haters. If you don't like this show, this host does not consider you a hater. A hater. What we call haters now, what these morons refer to as haters, when I was growing up, we called them critics. And you actually had, see, what you do is, when you change the word from critic to hater, you have no need to respond or maybe think they've got a point. Because if they're haters, you just don't listen to them. If they're critics, you actually have to say, hmm, maybe they're right. So it really just kind of lets this idiot generation off the hook. For anybody who criticizes them, oh, he's a hater. I'm not from that generation. I consider people who don't like the show and speak up to be critics, and uh, I ignore them as much as I ignore the haters on social media. So, uh, wrong. <laughs> Autumn has a uh, sound effect for that. This, no, just say wrong. That's what I do. Lean into the microphone. Don't blink. Fold your arms. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to that I, guy, real yeah, quick. Yeah. Look, I know that I'm better than Obama. Everybody knows I'm better than George W. Bush. Terrible, terrible, awful guy. <laughs> Clinton, pretty good in the 90s. I think he has wanted, a problem with women. Yeah. I think he wanted them to answer back. So wanted them to answer Trump? So, yeah, he wanted to back him up. But can, can I tell you something? That's a lot of work. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not doing don't that. Don't do that because I, I'm not a big fan of when people request voices. Ford. <laughs> do you even do a Gerald Ford? Is that even possible? Hi, I'm Gerald Ford. That's eh, pretty good. All right, next. Now, this next open micer, since we've added our third hour, I didn't know if you knew that or not, Eric. Uh, We're we going to be on, on from nine to noon. And I, this, I want to register a complaint. I just don't think that we talk about that enough on this radio station. I will tell you right now that I was driving to work and a full seven and a half minutes went by uh, when when this show was not mentioned in a promo. (laughs) And don't think I'm not taking that uh, to management after this show and making a strong complaint. Yeah, I'll talk to Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this biker has an idea for one of our segments. All right. So we know more headlines is huge and even more headlines is not so huge so a few weeks ago one of you had a great idea but you never went anywhere with it so i'm going there now try this more 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 headlines how do you like it how do you like it more 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 headlines how do you like it how do you like it Oh, that needs to be it. That's it. Let me tell you, we don't even produce it. You just isolate that right, and maybe put the bed underneath it, and that's it. It's not even more headlines. It's more, more, more headlines. And he's just laughing at the surface-level humor because he doesn't get the reference. He knows Andrea True. He knows the Andrea True connection. Okay. I, I I I didn't think they did. And also, these people who are trying to write for me today, come on now. We don't write anything on this show. We just improvise our way through. We're lazy. But uh, maybe that's a problem. It, it, uh, 
<laughs> think we should write more of our yeah, material? Yeah, write more out. Uh, it's nice. I, you know, I went on this uh, road trip over the weekend. Yeah, to Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. That was destiny. Hey, you know what I put on the back of the car? Dayton or bust. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it there. And um, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, I've known him since I was 19 years old. One of my best friends. My friend Stefan. He was, we were talking along the way because, you know, the wife was in the back seat. When you got two men and one woman, the two men are in the front, right? Mm-hmm. And the lady's in the back. Right in the back. Reading her book. What's well, the law? Some right? Japanese author books she's reading. That's the, that's <laughs> the law. Just, I just the saw that on yeah. Facebook. I just looked at her post on Facebook about that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my friend and I are, are talking, and, you know, he's a funny guy and back from the old days and used to do stuff on stage. And uh, he's like, you know, I'd like to be able to help out with the show, whatever it is. I'm getting a little uncomfortable. Like, we have our crew here. Uh, and can I really bring this? like nepotism. I'm just going to bring somebody in. And he said, no, no, no. He said, I don't want uh, to be a part of the show. He said, uh, my friend Stefan told me, he wants to be my Gale King. Yes. <laughs> so, so apparently he wants there to be uh, rumors about our sexuality. or. And then you get him a job replacing Charlie Rose. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, that's what he said. He, he wants... Uh, he just wants to capitalize on career opportunities he doesn't deserve <laughs> just because he knows me. And you know what? It was a long way up and a long way back. And when we got to the end, I said, um, you know what? I'm going to grant your wish. So, Stefan, mm. you are my Gail King. Wow. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah. Let the rumors begin. Next. Now, this open micer has a serious question for you, Eric. Vaughn Hessler, I got something for you. All right. You got... Clark over here promoting the Kirkland's razor. You have Sean Hannity with the Dollar Shave Club. That's and right. then you have Eric Erickson with Harry's razors. Which razor do you use? Uh whichever ones you can get like ninety in a pack. <laughs> oh, you're what you used <laughs> For the plastic a ones? Dollar fifty. Gosh, those things hurt. You know, I think that when I shave, if I'm not bleeding, ah. I wasn't Committed. Isn't it supposed to be like brushing your teeth? Aren't you supposed to bleed every time you shave? Am I getting this wrong? Maybe I should look into one of these other other products. Oh, you guys listening missed a great conversation about hallucinogens during that uh, commercial break, but I can't get into that. How do you like your love? This takes me back. All right, all right. This is a talk show. Let's talk about Andrea True. I know people ended up hating disco, but it's so fun. No, oh. actually, it's the other way around. I think the people hated disco at the time, and now when you look back, it's, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yes. That's where I was. It was just you oversaturation, maybe. I, I don't really think you have an opinion on disco. You weren't alive. That doesn't matter. Ask a person who knows. Me. I, <laughs> I hated disco. What's your opinion on disco? I hate I was one of those idiots who was like, no, I hate disco, <laughs> blow up disco records, I'll never let, you know, why? Like, is that, that's my movement? When yeah, I'm like, we're all going to Wrigley Field, we're going to burn a bunch yeah, of disco that, records. I was like, yeah, that guy's great. Now, when I hear disco music like that, it's just nostalgia. Oh, yeah. I remember where I was, who I was with, what I was doing, the fact that I had hair, all of that good nostalgic <laughs> stuff comes back to me, and I have a good feeling about the disco. Do you, uh, Trump just tweeted something? Can we get oh, yeah, it in yeah. his own... Uh, all right, you ready? Yeah, this is a real tweet. Just it's tweeted. 29 minutes ago. Wacky Amorosa, who got fired three times on The Apprentice, <laughs> now got fired for the last time. She never made it and never will. She begged me for a job. Tears in her eyes. I said, okay. People in the White House 
hated her. She was vicious, but not smart. I would rarely see her, but heard really bad things. Nasty to people. And would constantly miss meetings at work. Where General Kelly came on board, when General Kelly came on board, he told me she was a loser and nothing but problems. I told him to try working it out if possible, but because she only said great things about me. Until she got fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was. Uh, do you have that phone call again? Um, oh, when she's yeah, talking, yeah. When she's talking to him, because I love when he says, "I don't know. They got a big operation over there. I don't know. I didn't hear anything about it." Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly. General Kelly came to me and said that you Stop guys for want one me second. to leave. You know, it's like he keeps talking a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> uh, really, I don't know. Go ahead, yeah, whatever. Ask her, Go ahead. Yeah, ask her a Keep question. Talking. I know what. What? Answer the question. Well, uh, okay, hold on, guys. Let's do it. Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly. General Kelly came to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. No, I, I, nobody even told me about it. Nobody, wow. you know, they run a big operation, but I didn't know. Yeah, they run a big operation. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Damn it! I don't love you leaving at all. I don't love you leaving at all. <laughs> Never learned not love to love leaving? you leaving. Ask him the question. Do you, do you love me leaving? Never ner- learn not to love you leaving, Amaru. I don't love it at all. <laughs> I don't love it that you're not going to be around anymore. I mean, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you have known that? I mean, it's amazing that I, I you know what I meant? It's a big operation. I, I wouldn't have known if I had known. It's a big operation. It seems operation. like you would have known something like nah, that. Nah, they got a lot of crap going on over there. I don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> All right, we got more show. That's my tease. Stick around. We got more show. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm your lovable chat host, Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Now, before we seg into the all-important more headlines segment here, I believe we there's one more open mic we didn't get to in the last segment. I'm back. <laughs> All right, that's our listeners. Always an opinion... Always clear, always concise, always adding to the conversation. I'm back. <laughs> Maybe we should start taking phone calls. Yeah, we should hear more of that. Yeah. Perhaps perhaps we get more of But you know what? I think people like the open mic mm. because they can just say their piece and, and, and walk away without sure. the arguing. Because, you know, I could... There are some things I agree with in this... In this caller's commentary, and there are some things that I disagree with, but uh, why, why argue? Let's just hear what he has to say. I'm back. <laughs> Let's do it. More headlines for Monday, August 13th. See, I'm saying you don't always have to argue with people. I get to say my piece here. Just let them have their voice. My listeners on this show will always have a voice. You have that again one more time just to prove our point? Oh, yes. Here he is. I'm back. (laughs) You realize that it's okay to have a little dead air. You realize that, right? When you're looking for something, you don't have to go, and okay, and right now. (laughs) He's learning from the bathroom. 
Yeah, I'll say that, that's broadcasting school right there. Yeah, well, you know, I, I got to kick some of that broadcasting school out of you. It's okay to have a little dead air from time to time while you pull Don't it up. Don't tell Clive that. Well, you know, I think Clive would agree with that. I think he let it breathe. Uh, let it's, it's it. called letting it breathe. There you go. Uh, so let's have the headlines. All right. So they're the owner of a Gwinnett County Umpiring Association. Oh, base. I love this story. Wait a minute. This is, is this the one about that has umpires and hookers in the same story? Yes, it is. And Gwinnett? Um, yeah, so the uh, the owner of a, of the Gwinnett County uh, Umpiring Association, he faces 32 counts of theft for allegedly taking tens of thousands of dollars from the sports groups, and uh, he's even uh, been caught spending some of the money on hookers, Eric, yes. of all things. This uh, back, was it, what's it called? Backpage.com? That's right. It's gone now, right? They shut it down. I think. Yeah, it's thank been gone for goodness. a while. It's, uh, thank goodness? Yes. What, what are thank you, goodness they shut it down. What are you, the moral Yeah, Jared doesn't like human trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moral compass of the show? Yes. What I find hilarious here, first of all, I didn't know that somebody owned the umpiring association. Somebody owns the, listen. I didn't realize that. So he's the owner of the Gwinnett County Umpiring Association. And of course, the great Sandra Parrish was covering it, so I've got... So, well, let's hear her report, her package. 55-year-old... 55-year-old Tim Ryan is accused of using his company, Gwinnett Officials Association, to hire umpires for four rec leagues in Gwinnett, but failing to pay those umpires who were mostly high school students. Those umpires would not be paid. Some of them would be paid late. He would pay with checks that he wouldn't sign or would pay with checks that he knew would bounce. Assistant DA Brandon Delfont says Ryan used some of that $22,000 for prostitutes on Backpage.com. Delfont believes there may be more victims out there. Uh, I like the... Gwinnett County area softball umpire Henry Eason. And by the way, he calls him as he sees him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right down the line. That's a good strike zone. That's, yeah. But uh, he says, uh, responding to the fact that some of these stolen funds were used to get hookers, he, his quote is, if you're going to use it, use it for something you need. But don't use it for hookers. <laughs> what if the guy needs hookers? <laughs> I think that that is a need. Yeah, I just, not a, I just like the idea. I I don't mind him stealing. It's what he spent the money on that bothers me. I mean, if you steal and you go see the Atlanta Braves game, well, that's something you need supporting the community, but yeah. not hookers. All the way through the story, which I love, people are referring to prostitutes as hookers. <laughs> yeah, they don't do that anymore. A by old the way. school, aren't they? Do they have like a politically correct they do. name? It's sex workers. Sex workers. Thank yes. you, Tim. Stop boy, that, shaming them. Boy, I'll tell you what—that gets you all hot and bothered, huh? Sex workers. <laughs> I, I imagine like someone with like a some sort of hammer and a yeah. tink, yeah. like you like you hand it down. Tink. Uh, building what, sex. Tink. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go build sex this week, honey. I'll be back. I should go to that sex farm that has the sex workers. Ooh. Don't go to a hooker. I gotta give a salute, Henry Eason, area softball umpire. If you're gonna use it, use it for something you need, but don't use it for hookers. <laughs> yeah, my chicks don't like to be called hooker. They like to be called sex workers. <laughs> So, Thank you, Daddy. You're welcome, baby. <laughs> hey, you know I what? feel very respected in this position as a sex worker. Can I say? You got the money? This is as American yeah, 
as baseball yeah. to me. Now, there's another story locally that yeah, I, so. I also like, just because two words put together that I don't know that I've ever heard before. Illegal rodeo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll leave uh, we'll leave from Gwinnett County and go to South Fulton where... Uh, oh, I like that. You're like a GPS guy. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go to where hey, there was... Left. A... <laughs> oh, I would love to have Jared Yamamoto oh. on my GPS. We have to make that happen. Oh, hey. oh okay, Soso -so right here. You're going to take a right left here, Soso? -so? Well, if you're hungry, there's a... There's a... <laughs> you guys eat a burger? And, uh... <laughs> Believe right. it or not, with the Waze app, you can actually record your own responses on there. So that would be like, turn left, turn right. Really? And, and listen to yourself back if you're narcissistic. So we can like, do this. We could do this. You don't need to be narcissistic. Perhaps so, you so, so turn left right here, right? Yeah. Left. So. <laughs> right. You don't need yes. to be narcissistic. <laughs> you could just, uh, maybe you're the only person you trust. That's a fair <laughs> situation <laughs> like that. All right. So, what's the illegal rodeo? Because I didn't even know. I mean, I don't even understand. Yeah, I just so love I, those two words slammed together. Yeah. So, the city of South Fulton, uh, they shut down an illegal rodeo. <laughs> by the way, by the way, this isn't my first illegal rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess what happened was the the owners of this event they they posted up online and they built all this stuff right. up, but they didn't get the permits they needed to do it. They so they're permits, in jail but, now. But, but did they? Did people not notice that there were a lot of trucks? With uh, with steer, <laughs> like did they not notice? Because it was it was it a rodeo where like a bucking bronco rodeo. People were That's riding bulls from, from, from the images I'm seeing in the AJC. Yes, did it looks people, like they had all that stuff. So no yes. one noticed that they were setting up a rodeo. That there was a <laughs> hey, why why are all these bulls suddenly? Where was this rodeo in South Fulton? South I mean, Fulton. it takes a lot of guts to do that. Yeah, so yeah. maybe you would just drive by and assume everything. Oh well, they the must level. have. Yeah, they must have. <laughs> they must be licensed. Sure, you're not going to think like, like, wait, let uh, me let me just knock on their door and yeah, see if hey, they have you a know permit. What? You know what? There's something about that rodeo seems a bit fishy to me. <laughs> so not only do they not have lots the, of cowboys yeah, with their hands in their pocket, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got Nothing a feeling. I, I I got a feeling that rodeo is not on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, rodeos aren't illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like they didn't, not only do they not have the permits for alcohol sales and whatnot, but they also didn't have any police to run the uh, the traffic jams. Did they, they have the permits you need to unload a bunch of bulls in an area <laughs> and have people ride them? I am assuming not. It says numerous uh, numerous permits were not held. That's what makes it an illegal rodeo. It's the Bronx and the blood, the steer in the mud, and they call the thing a rodeo. Illegal. <laughs> the illegal rodeo. All right, next story. I don't have to say. I, I, I hope everyone went to jail. I hope they put the bulls in jail. Yeah. Teach them a lesson. <laughs> I blame the bulls. I do, too. They if it weren't better. for the bulls, they wouldn't have the illegal rodeo. Ah, that's right. Do they do that thing in the illegal rodeo, in regular rodeos, do they still do that thing where they one cowboy on a horse chases some animal? A calf. Some, some poor, defenseless animal. Yeah, you gotta learn how to rope a calf, dude. Ropes them down. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that a, is a life skill, Eric. It is. I know it's a life skill, but it's not that much fun for the calf. Yeah. I bet it's, you it's more fun than being ground up into a burger. You're right. You know what? <laughs> the journey, not the destination. <laughs> yes, Am right, I right? Right. Very zen of you. Thank you. All right, next story. Uh, President Trump is in... <laughs> <laughs> you have to find the silver linings. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> President Trump is encouraging people to boycott Harley-Davidson products since they're going to yeah. move some of their production from the United States. Oh, Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? And I know people are going to get angry with me because, uh, you know, we have two types of people in this country, people who absolutely love Trump and people who can't stand them and they don't talk to each other and it's one or the other. And I'm not in, you know, if you don't put on a uniform and cheer for your side all the time, 
I, I call them as I see them. And I tell you something, this is un-American. This is un-American. The President of the United States tells a private business how they should run their stuff. Now, from the left, you hear a lot of fascism, fascism. I don't even believe they know what it means. Because they're, they're thinking in terms of dictator, Hitler, uh, Mussolini, you know. Uh, they don't even really know what it means. This actually comes close, closer, a toe in the water of fascism, if you will. Because he doesn't have the power of the state behind him. So it's more like bullying. But in a fascist society, uh, what's good for the state is more important than what you individually think is good for you. And in a fascist society, the economy is run by the state, and industries are told what to do by threat of being thrown in jail. Now, Trump doesn't have that kind of power. But what's made this country great, leftists, hold on to yourselves. I I don't want your head to pop off your shoulders. One of the things that's made this country great, a place where you could start with nothing and end up very successful, is capitalism. Capitalism. Why do I love capitalism? Because I love the little people. What's called the little people. I don't actually see little people. Like Google, you mean? No, I mean <laughs> the people. People who are poor, impoverished. No, no system has brought more people from where they were to where they are than capitalism. And in order for capitalism to work, it needs to be free. And let me tell you something. No one who owns a private business should ever make any move based on patriotism. What, Eric? What do you say? Because that's doing something that the leaders told you. When you own a company, you should do what's good for the bottom line at all times. And by doing that in a capitalist system, you end up with more strength for everybody and everybody moves up. If Harley-Davidson feels like they are better off right now because of the tariff situation, actually, I think it has less to do with that than the fact that they're selling more motorcycles in other countries, so why not just build them there? And is not that not better for an American brand to be known around the world? Sure, And have sure. demand around the but world? But here's my point. Harley-Davidson has a right to make all the wrong moves. And over time, in a free market, they'll pay for that. It's up to us here in the U.S. to make the most competitive right. uh, but, work environment. Wait, but wait a minute. Don't we always brag? Uh, one of the reasons that people don't mind buying Toyotas and Hondas, we always brag, they're built here in America. That's right. So what's wrong with Harley-Davidson selling in other countries and being able to say, hey, you know what? We provide jobs right here. The president is acting un-American on this. Harley-Davidson needs to do what they think is the right thing for their company. And if they're wrong, over time, in a free market, under capitalism, they'll pay for it. But that's the only way they should pay for it, not being shamed by the President of the United States. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Every day beginning at 9. Entertaining, honest, independent thinker. Eric Von Hessler on WSB and at EVHDoctrine.com. Okay, the time has come for this show where the big reveal of the day If you've been listening, you know that on other talk radio shows, they'll talk about the deep state. But on this show, we reveal more. Turns out there is a a state beneath the deep state. It's the deep-er state. You may be into QAnon. We have his older brother, 
who actually came first. <laughs> P. I'm not interested in Q. That's the deep state. The deeper state. We have P, Anon. And I believe we have the latest P drop. Yes, we do. From P Anon. This is P Anon. Drop number 4-2. Space Force. Ask yourself, why space? Who's there? Nazi pedophiles on the moon. Building walls. Van Allen Belt. Where are the aliens? Are they among us? Trump knows. Space Force. See, did Q tell you about the Nazis on the moon? Nope. No, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get this from any other radio station or show in the country. Oh, oh, we're so much better than the rest. We're gonna tell you about the deep state, the deep state. Ha! This is the only place where you've got a connection, a direct line to the deep er state. You have another headline for me? Yes. Uh... I mean, I'm pretty shaken by that. Now I'm understanding why we might need the Space Force. All right, we're going to leave. If there are Nazis on the moon, once they get that super... Pedophile Nazis. Pedophile Nazis. The worst kind. Well, there are no children on the moon, so that might be a good place for them, actually. (laughs) (laughs) We should actually sort of jettison them all to the moon. All right, we'll leave the deeper state and come back to the current state, where actress Lindsay Lohan has apologized for any hurt and distress she caused by the comments she made about the Me Too movement. She was saying, she said that... uh, you should report it immediately, or else you're weak. You want to apologize now? We got to go. I mean, but. I guess. Like, sorry, but I mean, I still kind of stand bes- beside it or behind it, or yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but like, say it right away. But I'm sorry. So. <laughs> are, you, are you you all right? <laughs> I'm fine. <clears throat> okay. You know what? On the, on behalf of America, we yeah. ex- we accept your apology, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> You know what I can't stand about this time of year? What? Little League World Series. Oh, there you go. What, is it going to be on ESPN for the next seven weeks or something? How can you not be happy for the little team from Peachtree City? I'm happy. Look, you know what? When you say there's a team from Peachtree City, I say, okay, I've got a rooting interest. Fine. I don't know anything about it. I want the team from Peachtree City to win. But I can't stand the Little League World Series. If you don't don't have a rooting interest... More than that, for the most part, if you don't know somebody on the field, why are you interested in watching a bunch of little kids play baseball? I just find that bizarre. Because it's more exciting than a regular baseball game where the people actually care that they're playing and they're having fun. But I don't like the idea uh, ESPN puts these kids on camera and they interview them. And the kids don't know. They're just trying to sound like the big baseball players they've seen on ESPN. And then I'll tell well, you, you know, me. we're just trying to give it 110%. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're all just doing what we can out yeah. there on the field. Yeah, no what kid about says Al? anything new or interesting. But uh, another thing I don't like, and this is serious, they because uh, they'll ESPN will work it into their, their highlights, uh, the best plays of the day, and you'll see some nine-year-old, you know, get a double or something. And But the other side of that is... One of the some of these kids are going to choke, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these kids are, and and if you're if you have if if you blow the game, right? You re, like you could have won the game. They're down to the last out. All you had to do to win the entire World Series, easy pop up, 
grab it, and your team's won. And then if you don't, if you mess that up, and you're 12 or whatever their age is, that is going to follow you for the rest of your life. I saw, it was last year or the year before, after the thing was over, they went over the highlights and they showed a kid who just kind of just, it ruined the game for that team. Now, here's a kid who's 12 years old. He's not getting paid a dime. Way to blow it, Bobby. If you're 28, <laughs> if you're 28 that happens and you're a professional, that's fine. You can put up with it. But this is, this is not only going to hurt the kid now, but it will follow him on YouTube for the rest of his life. Him or her, I imagine. Is it Thank both you. Though? Is it both people? Is we it... can't assume their genders. Oh, okay. They're all boys. Okay, yeah, but we don't know how they, uh, what do you call a sign? Identify. Identify, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, unless, though, you always say that these these uh, these kids are going to have these traumatizing moments. Remember, the last time that Georgia had a team in the Little League World Series, Jake Fromm, the quarterback for UGA, was yeah. on Warner Robins. I think all that So is... you can become something big out I of this. I think that's all fantastic. It doesn't have to be televised. You don't have to have people on. You know what the pressure is when you're on television and you're 12 years old. They love it. I know they love it until you get the crying moment. Well, that's part of it. And you know, people who are 12 should be able to make a mistake and cry without the entire nation seeing it happen. Do you guys have you guys heard Big Al? Because if you haven't, I'm going to find that audio for you. One of the little 12 year old kids. Yeah, you were making fun of this kid this morning. No, that's I exactly it, what I'm I talking about. I thought it was about. awesome. I thought I just, the kid was cool. Oh, you're trying to save your no, reputation. No, I thought he was awesome. He's you, a big fatty, and he comes up, they call me Big Al, <laughs> and I hit dingers. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is, why should a kid, it's like, hey, you're 12, you want to be a baseball player, you better start your branding right now. You're Big Al. I hit dingers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. It's time for studies, surveys, and polls on the Von Hessler Doctrine. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to give you a paragraph on that, right? There are studies, surveys, and polls in the news, and then this is the segment where we cover that. So, what would you like to start with first? I, just give me something. All right. Why are you always quizzing me? Well, here's a poll for you. How about Surprise that? me. How about that? Okay. Well, I've got a poll for you. All right. That's good enough for me. This is... Uh, oh, I'm interested in that one. All right. Shut <laughs> up, you. So this is actually <laughs> two polls combined together. Sorry, I have to apologize. Thought about she likes that too. That's right. <laughs> People don't say that anymore. People don't say that anymore. Shut up, you. Shut, Shut up, you. you. <laughs> President Trump is as strongly disliked now as President Nixon was at the time before he resigned. Fake news. I am not a crook. <laughs> Nobody you're asked. Not, you're not going to have Donald Trump to kick around anymore. Nobody asked. So uh, this is this is a combination of two polls. So they took a poll. It was a Harris poll when Nixon oh, this was is powerful man. You take that poll, you yeah. marry it with this poll. And then, then, then this is a, a Marist poll that they just yeah. that they just did recently. And now they're like, oh, look at the, all the combinations here. This is a headline from CNN, and of course they're trying to make you know they're trying to what pump are you up a the, Trump apologist? Pump up the resistance here. What are you a Trump apologist? No, I just what I, are you? I, you a budding Sean Hannity? I'll say, just I, give me the news. I don't say, need to know your you, opinions. When you read a headline like this, it's just it's amazing how they can make this well, they do these, they do these polls and then they think everybody believes them well they're not true hold on what is it that you disagree with are you saying that the numbers aren't true no i just i, I the connection okay, so between the polls i mean you could, i could find a connection it's the same but it's not as if they're doing a poll about uh, bird feeders and the president well, i'm I mean, going to find a poll about bird feeders and the president i'm going to bring it to you eric they're 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 saying that they did a poll at the time of nixon before he resigned and a poll now of this president, and that the numbers are the same, or 
Did he say worse or the same? Worse. Okay. Here's the thing that we should know now, though. I don't doubt that this that 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 the essential elements of that are true. That the numbers are the same. Now I don't know if polling now is it would seem it should be better now than it was in 1974. But what we should know after Trump's election is it's really hard to get a good poll on this guy on, on Trump. It, he doesn't seem. I don't know if people lie. I don't know if people are reluctant to say they support the president. But if you would have gone for, with the polls before the election in 2016, you never in a million years would have thought that Trump was going to win. Looked like he was going to lose in a landslide, mm-hmm. and then he won. So now that doesn't mean I think some Trumpers hold on to that like it's concrete. Well, it was like that once. It's always going to be like that. The truth is, on both sides, we don't know. When it comes to Trump, I don't think polling really can give you much of an indication of the reality. The, as they say, the only poll that matters is the one on election day. So going into this November on, in, in the midterms, I'm not so sure that I trust the polling because even if it's about different races, it still sort of revolves around the popularity of the president and the Republican Party right now. Uh, so the truth is, we really don't know. And what I'm saying to Trumpers, just because it worked out that way last time does not mean as long as Trump is on the scene, you don't have to worry about the poll numbers. But the truth is, the, the polling did not capture the fact that he was going to be elected president, and that's a reality as well. It really is true. They've always said it in campaigns. Usually in the campaign, the guy who was down by seven points, well, the only poll that counts... Is on election day, and usually the polls are right, and that guy loses. In the case of Trump, it's not hyperbole. It's really true. We just don't know. He, it's. I don't know. I, I, my, I suspect that maybe people are reluctant in any kind of public way sometimes because of all the shaming that goes on around Trump to say I'm I'm for Trump. We know that the Trumpers are like that. I mean they'll declare it all over, but you've got these people in the middle that actually win and lose elections, and I think the independents maybe don't feel comfortable saying it, um, or and if you're being polled uh, by, by telephone or however you're doing it. So we'll just have to find out on, on election day. I, I really don't know. I, but I don't, I don't doubt these numbers. I don't think it's fake news. I think they found a poll, and, and the numbers are that he's below Nixon, but... I don't know if that means that he's going to lose the midterms or, you know, in 2020, the Democrats have to have somebody to go up against him. I'm going to tell you right now, if it's Elizabeth Warren, she's not going to win. I I will tell you right now, if you're on the left, I shouldn't be giving you this advice. Elizabeth Warren will never be the president of the United States. Remember when I said that about Donald Trump? What the hell do I know? You Next know door. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I'm very confident that Elizabeth Warren will never be president of the United States. And Biden, I don't know. He seems like he might be a good, but you got to remember, Biden ran for president twice before. Never got out of the primaries. One time was shamed out of the primaries the first time, which I think is funny. Like, and when he ran the first time, it was found out that he was a plagiarist. He gave a speech that he had uh, plagiarized from Neil Kinnock, the guy, a politician in England at the time. And just because he had done that, he was forced out of the primary. Oh, don't bully him. No, but my point is, then he runs again and nobody cares. 
What is it, like a one-time thing? Yeah, they forgave Ah, uh, you know, yeah, plagiarism one time. Yeah. If you run the second time, it doesn't affect you like that. What, what is that? The new cycle has moved on, Eric. That's yeah, what it is. Apparently. <laughs> All right, next uh, study. Well, a study from the University of Alabama finds that about 11 million white Americans think just like the alt-right. Uh, what is the alt-right <laughs> thing? I don't even know. <laughs> the alt-right likes ice cream. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. Check. I'll tell you what the alt-right thinks. Do they, know, they do they think? They don't think because there's no such thing as the alt-right. Oh, here we go. I'm telling you. You tell the right. whole thing is made up. It's, it's branding by people who don't like the new right. I think that they're uh, I think they're performance artists. Some of them. Yeah, you know, they put on street shows or right. something. You know, I don't I don't really you know like that thing in in the D, in DC over the weekend. Oh yeah. The, the unite the right. The twelve guys that showed yeah, up. Yeah, twelve guys showed up. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a threat to the nation. Oh yeah. I hope CNN has wall to wall on that because there's twelve guys who showed up. It's outrageous. And the counter protesters were there in full force too. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That seems unfair because that sounds like more than twelve people on that side. Yeah. That's an unfair fight. Yelling Nazis go home. <laughs> well, they didn't even show up. You know, you do have to moderate and improvise. They say, they should have said, well, we were going to yell, Nazis go home, but since none of them came, we should say, Nazis stay home. Nazis uh, stay home. Nazis stay home. So they get their ideas, these chants. But they don't realize nobody came, so Nazis go home. Meanwhile, they were beating up NBC reporters. Yeah, I know you're all into this, Tim. You know, you follow this stuff on social media. <laughs> because it you, doesn't get coverage when they do it. I don't care. I assume. The only reason you care is because you get involved in the social media. And, so you, and they beat up this guy and nobody talks about that and the thing and the other thing and the blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Just get off of social media. Don't yes. be a part of the scrum. If you're not part of the scrum, you don't care. You don't care. I, I, I've never the had a The way social fear. media is reacting to anything is yeah. not reality. It's right. what happens. It's my reality, darn it. Well, <laughs> Tim, I have to talk Tim off the ledge every Monday morning. Cause it's a whole weekend. Of, well, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'll never be posting anything on Vimeo. They didn't allow Alex Jones to go there. No, they kicked him off. They kicked him off, and I, I'm not going to I'm telling you this right now. Well, Tim's not going to like this audio from this counter-protester. It's going to show that we're not afraid to stand up to white supremacy. Um, I think it's important right, to so know that. Enough, enough yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, uh, we're not afraid. It sure does exist. I saw it this weekend. So you're, you're not you're not afraid to stand up to the 11 people who yeah. showed up. I'm not afraid. You know, like they were really intimidating because they had signs, but like we had more signs. And so I know, um, I know we got to move on. But my overall point oh, is, I know. You, but my point is this: you're all you're all no, in let a me, frenzy let me say, because you get the social media. Let me say, 11 people. People show up and CNN and MSNBC, yeah, and they're yeah. all blowing it out of proportion. But things that really happen, they don't cover. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, that's true. Why? But I don't know why, but I accepted that it's true a long time ago. CNN. Tim, don't let him bully you. Like you should stand up to him because, like, we're not afraid, you know. So. Like, I just want yes. truth. Oh, you're never gonna get it, man. That's true. Get off social media. You may have. You'll never get truth, but you can have some peace. Just get off social media. I just want to say Brooks Kepka. And I want to say it again, Brooks Kepka. Because while all the coverage is that Tiger came in second, it'd be nice for people to know that over the weekend, Brooks Kepka actually won. Can we stop being so dependent on Tiger Woods? It's great that he came in second. It means he's around and he, perhaps it's going to happen again. But it's not a bigger story than the person who won 
I believe this is his third major of the year. It's kind of a big story, too. Tiger, our top story, Tiger Woods comes in second. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of is during the Olympics when there was yeah. like a female swimmer that did really well, but then it was all the cut, like the big headline was like, Michael Phelps come in, comes in third. And something. <laughs> yes. You know, and they're like, of course a man yes. gets the coverage. Like, no, it's just because nobody knows that other person. Yes, but this other guy is one, well, if you follow golf, this is his third major. Right, but of course it's Tiger because everybody yeah. cares about Tiger for some reason. I mean, look, I'm glad that Tiger, it's fun when Tiger's in the mix. Why am I talking sports with Autumn, for heaven's sakes? Hey, I know about sports. You do? Yes, birdies, uh, eagles, hey. par for the course. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, I stand corrected. Keep your elbow straight uh, and your backswing. Here's, uh, I, I was saying I didn't know what the alt-right was because yeah. of this story you had about how apparently 11 million Americans agree with the alt-right. And do you have like three, yeah, well, so one of the three questions, bullet points? Sure. So like, here's one of the questions I asked. How important is it that whites work together to change laws that are unfair no, to No, I don't want the questions. When in the break, you told me three things. That, yes. They, right. they had a, oh, do you have a strong sense of white identity? Uh, uh, belief in the importance of- Hold on of, a second. A strong sense. I'm white. Yeah, but do you believe in it? I can't. Well, I can't. There's, there's. It's just like two plus two equals four. I'm right. I'm white. That's, that's I identify why, as that. Why do I have to have a sense of the identity? It's somebody asked me. Because you do. The only time well, I think about it is if I have to like fill well, out the, a form. The, the, and they the, say so I think race. that you would say no to that then, because you don't really well, have you, a strong sense of anything. It doesn't matter. This is, it's a dumb question. A so, sure, strong sure. sense. You're white, <laughs> so you would have a five. Here's what my sense of it is. You would. You have a five point scale. So Eric, you, it sounds like you would be like a two or a three on the list. Then. No, I zero. Think I, I think I'd or be a, no. I think I'd be a five. I'm yeah, I'm he's white. saying the other way. Oh, oh. What I'm saying is this is a stupid question. <laughs> it doesn't matter what my sense of my whiteness is. I'm white. Well, I might be white, but I don't know. <laughs> I better be twenty three. Um, I tell you, what, my sense of it is that I'm really ashamed of it. So put me down as a two. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? The alt right is a bunch of clowns. They have that one in there? Are you a clown? Uh, yes, question 68. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got it. I, I went to Juilliard to a professional clowning. All right, then you, sir, or ma'am, I can't figure you out. All right. I know it may have been a rumor. You didn't know if it was true or not, but it is. And here's the proof. Hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Uh, you know me. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Before we get to... Uh, more, more, more <laughs> headlines. There's a study that we left on the table here. Nearly half of millennials spend more eating out than saving for retirement. I don't know anything about this, but it doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise anybody? No. Do they know how to cook? Well, uh, I don't think they want to cook. I think right. it's more We of cook an... ironically. There you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun to cook. <laughs> like, oh my God, let's have a Hot Pocket. You guys, <laughs> so gross. A Hot Pocket so is what good. you consider cooking. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Oh my gosh, hamburger helper? What? Yeah. What Ew, I... <laughs> that's so gross. So good. <laughs> let, me get, let me quote you on that. That's so gross. It's so good. Yeah, like Totino's Pizza Rolls, guys. <laughs> so gross. Guys, so good. So good. <laughs> So gross, so good. So gross and so good. It was the title of my autobiography, actually. It was quite a, quite an eye-opener. I'll tell you what, I put people on notice. Nearly half a millennial spend more eating out than saving for retirement. Did we do a story a few weeks ago about how millennials want to retire by the t before 58 or something like that? We sure did. They just don't seem to think that socking away any money would be a part of that plan. Well, I can't right now. 
okay, but if you didn't eat out every day, you could save that money. <laughs> but there's like zero food in my fridge. So unless like, they don't sell avocados at the store, do they? Yes, I mean, if you do. want avocado toast, you have to go. No, to they a, sell yeah. they sell all kinds of food. Yeah, but they're like wrapped, and you have to cut them open and slice them, and that's gross because it gets on your hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have to go to that New Orleans uh, Vietnamese fusion spot. That oh my god, up. it's the best! Everybody's it's, talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, one time somebody like left an avocado or something in my house, but I only have these like vintage knives. That I like don't use. Yeah, and the, like the, I can't cut it. I tried to like smash it on the corner of the counter to yeah. open it, but like it just smushed it up. Yeah. They're, they're ironic knives that you have. I will say it again. I've said it before. I don't want to bash on the millennials too Thank much you. because I think it gets boring after a while. This this old guy bashing on millennials. Yeah, hey, old man. I don't want to do that every day. But I will say this once again. I really hope I have just you know I've started to uh, work out a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm walking. Ooh. That's I'm working out. Swimming. Okay. Okay. You're walking. Are you so paranoid that people are watching? Nah, you know, Look at that old guy walking. <laughs> I I do. <laughs> I do have to worry about that. I don't like the idea of me walking, but I'm walking, and I'm swimming, and I'm even thinking about getting a weight set. Are you? And really? the reason is you need because a coat hanger? the reason what you need a place to throw your coat. <laughs> yeah. There's a the reason <laughs> that I'm doing all of this working out is because. I desperately want to live long enough to see the millennials get old because I believe they are going to be the most miserable old people in the history of old people. And I just want to be there to get a chuckle. Let's do this. Even more headlines for Monday, August 13th. No, Alan Hunt, I do not wear floaties when I swim. It's not a squirt gun. Yeah, what are those, water wings? I don't wear water wings when I swim. <laughs> Although, I will only actually do laps in my pool when I know no one is around. Because I look like, I look psychotic when I'm doing, the, the amount of waves that one man produces, I look like, a, we used to say spaz when I was a kid. You can still say that, can't you? Yeah, I think you can still say spaz. You just can't do that thing where like you hit your hand on your chest. Did anybody do that when they were a kid? <laughs> He's just bringing up things this morning. I have no That's, idea what the hell no, she's talking about. When I about. was a kid, it was the thing to go like spaz, and then you would hit the side of your hand on your chest and like make a spastic uh, movement. Well, that's some kind and of. And now it's very politically incorrect. Well, it's some, some kind of Lawrenceville thing from the no. 90s that everybody was doing. Zenials That'll be out caught there, on. where you at? Remember when you would twirl your hair <laughs> <laughs> for no reason? Autumn is in a very nostalgic mood this morning. <laughs> But this all the people she used to be able to bully with humor, yeah. and those days are gone now, and she re she regrets that. So uh, go ahead. The FBI has located the remains of Richard Russell uh, in the wreckage of the Horizon airplane crash that that was on Friday, where he left. I guess he had Seattle's airport. It's not the and, end. No, hold on. I don't know that you have you read this story. I've read the story, but this yeah, it's just so weird. When to you me. say Seattle's airport, I think of like Hartsville, Jackson. This was, I think, a was. I want you to tell me what airport. SeaTac. Yeah, it was Seattle-Tacoma International Airport. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure because uh, this guy, to me, just uh, doesn't sound like he's very... Well, it's a strange story. I mean, he gets in the plane. He takes it off first by of all, himself. First of all, start at the beginning. What does he do for a living? He works on the ramp, I believe. Okay. So he's... He's an airport worker. <laughs> Alan's laughing. <laughs> I want to take the audience on a journey here to know just how strange this was like a baggage handler or something, right? He's Correct. out there. 
and then he jumps into the plane. Yeah, and it's one of the smaller planes. It's a 76-seater. Yeah. So That's why I wondered what the airport was. It was a small plane. And he jumps in, and he takes off, and he goes for a joyride, and the military is chasing him, right? Yeah. And then, and then he crashes and, and dies. Yes, and, and they found and the headline is that they found his remains. He never, he never took flying flying lessons. And I guess when he was communicating with the tower, he said, "It's okay, I've uh, I've played a lot of video games, <laughs> so I think I've got this." But he didn't. No one knows why he did it. Do and I hear it as a suicide sort of mission. It ended in his death. Do we know? That he got in there thinking, I'm going to go kill myself with this plane? I don't know. But the question is, because, you know, we have flyers around here, Scott Slade being one of them, Steve Craig over at the river, the great Neil Bortz. People tell me from all of this information that it's very difficult to get those things off the ground if you don't know. I mean, if he, if he was in some sort of video game simulator, once you're up flying, that's okay. But apparently it's very difficult to even get this, these things started if you don't know what the what you're doing. So there is mystery in that. And he didn't leave a note or anything, so it's not really... No, his family's completely surprised by it. I, I You know what? I think about this guy, and I don't want to ever, you know, rest in peace. I think he was very impulsive. That's what I think. I think that he looked at that plane and thought, you know what? I'm going to take it. And he didn't think it through, as many impulsive people. Unless well, he, we find out that this was, in fact, a suicide mission. Well, he's a young guy, only 29 years old. I know. Could something, some sort of mental disorder started to kick in at that point, or is that too late? Well, you mean, uh, would making him impulsive? Why would it be too late? Uh, like, too so, late. Me, so it just happens this. in your early 20s, things like oh, that sort okay. of kick in. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say something I learned a long time ago. It's never too late for a mental disorder. Sure. <laughs> never too late. No, you're an optimist. I am. I am. This is... <laughs> aspirational is what I am. No, I feel bad for this guy, but it, it's so weird that it's. I, I wonder, was he thinking suicide the whole time, or were he just thinking, man, you know what? I want to fly that thing. And he just gets in and flies it. Maybe he knew how to start it because maybe he struck up a relationship with one of the pilots or something. We'll find out over time. I know you're all afraid because I'm not just saying, I'm telling you, I feel bad for this guy. But I do, maybe this isn't the time for criticism, but I do believe he was a bit impulsive. He Next calls story. himself a, just a broken guy with a few screws loose. Well, no, I mean, no more. Little, yeah. No more. Next story. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis said that he is satisfied that creating a space force as a separate military service is actually the right way uh, to go lying. about it. I love that guy. He's lying. Just, so, was it just last year? He's like, that's a stupid idea, the Space Force. Well, here's him changing his tune. I was not against setting up a Space Force. What I was against was rushing to do that before we defined those problems. Well, well, we've defined the problems, and we've already recognized that there we, are, we have 30,000 people in the Air Force whose job it is to work on those problems. Yeah, but some of them are going to join the Space Force. <laughs> The Space Force. The Space Force. God bless the United States. That's right. Space Force. There's no need for the Space Force. And Mattis is just, I guess lying is saying that's that's too harsh. He's spinning. Mm -hmm. 
There's no reason. I, he in one year he hasn't learned things that he didn't already know. And we're, it's just what happened. I'm telling you what happened here. Preston got the idea of the space force because I got to tell you, usually ideas come along, Obamacare, national health care. You'd heard about it for years, right? But it was rejected and rejected and rejected. And then the guy picks it up and goes, "You know, you know what? I'm I'm going to drag it over the the finish line. We're going to do this." So even though, so people already knew how they felt about it because people have been debating the concept of national health care for a long time. I, I'm I've been uh, a news junkie since my late teens. I never heard the term space force until Trump brought it up. So I'll tell you how this worked. People are, people are used to Trump saying things and then letting them go. And so they brought up the Space Force and, all right, yeah, okay, we'll look into that. And then the next meeting he brought up again, yes, sir, we got somebody on that. Then about the seventh time in 10 days they brought it up, they're like, man, he really, he really wants to do this. <laughs> so then they had to scramble and decide, okay, we'll do a Space Force. But there was no... There haven't been people arguing publicly for a Space Force for years who suddenly... That's usually what happens with presidencies where you go in a different direction. Like the uh, tax cuts on the economy after the recession. People were arguing for years, we should actually cut taxes and you know give the economy a jump start, and that will help us. But the Obama wasn't into that. The next president aligns himself with a thought that's out there. There was no Space Force lobby that was telling us we really did. this. I guarantee you, Mattis was like, all right, sir, we'll look into that, thinking that it would never come up again. You didn't like that big production that Mike Pence put on last week? Well, no. That At that point, at that point, it was about, we're going to do this. Let's write the time, speeches. The time has come to establish the United States Space Force. Rick Five, I'm going in. <laughs> this is what I would ask. This is what I would ask people who are in favor of the Space Force. <laughs> That's actually the epiphany. That's the moment Trump got the idea. Oh my God. Space Force. We need a, we, everybody needs a lightsaber. <laughs> I believe that uh, most of the people who the next day said, yeah, that's right, we need a Space Force. It's my belief, I'm talking about just the, the, the voters, regular people. It's my belief that when most of those people said, yes, I agree, we need a Space Force, that they did not know that we already have 30,000 people in the Air Force working on it. And here's my point. If you didn't know that before you were in favor of the Space Force, your opinion has no credibility. Eric Von Hessler begins every day at 9 on WSB. Available anytime on the WSB radio app. Hit listen on demand or the Von Hessler Doctrine on the app. All right, I'm interested in this story, so let's get to it. I, this one fascinates me. All right, more than 100 newspapers will publish editorials on August 16th decrying President Trump's anti-press rhetoric, Eric. And it says here, we propose to publish an editorial on the 16th on the dangers of the administration's assault on the press and ask others to commit to publishing their own editorials on the same date. All right, self-serving, we get all that. But do you remember a few months ago? Yeah. How the press... Oh, I know you remember a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did I, yeah, it was June. Yeah. <laughs> 
Last month of July. I, did, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that you had suffered from amnesia. I'm talking about okay, a, a particular story. He's taking story. that yes and thing a little bit. I know, bit. yeah. Like, yes, I remember. Yes, I <laughs> So <laughs> there was a story a few months ago, maybe it was last year, I don't know, where, and, and, and so the, the mainstream press loves this idea that a coordinated editorials over a hundred papers uh, to clap back at the administration for their rhetoric about the press being the enemy of the people. That's what it's about, right? And it's a wonderful thing, a hundred papers. But I remember a story, I think it was about Sinclair Broadcasting. That's right. And uh, apparently there was an, it wasn't even an editorial, it was a statement of mission. It was a mission statement that they had all of their anchors read on the same day. And you remember the coverage of that? It's groupthink. It's dangerous. As a matter of fact, we went and dug it up. This is how it was presented to show how silly it was that all of these anchors were saying the same thing on the same day. Yeah, this is back from Good. early April. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of bias right, and false news the point. You remember how the mainstream media, I even hate using that term, but that's something people the understand. Drive-bys. The drive-bys. The mainstream media treated that as if it was dangerous. It was groupthink. You have anchors all saying what they're told to say on the same day. And yet this story, because the Boston Globe got in touch with 99 other papers and decided to coordinate their editorial on the same day about the dangers Opposed to f- the freedom of press by the Trump administration, this time, it's a, it's it's not only not bad, it's wonderful. Um, bum, Billy Preston, right? All right, two, three, four. All right. See, I did the count off there. I'm, I like to believe that I'm a musician of some kind. So before we move on to Doctrine Extra. Going back to the story about how 100 newspapers will run editorials on the same day, August 16th, condemning the Trump administration's war against the press. This is at the top of this. The dirty war on the free press must end. Can you tell me what reporters have been put in jail since Trump's been president? Can you tell me the, uh, the news outlets that have been shuttered? Put out of business. I mean, we know how this works. Like Russia, we know how this works. You tell the paper or the news organization, stop saying that or else. And if they keep saying what they're saying and being critical, uh, you know, it turns out that the guy who runs the station's got some trouble with the tax people. There's a reason to go to jail. Plutonium in their coffee. All of this stuff that goes on, all this hyperbole about, oh, this... And I'll say something about these newspapers. If 100 newspapers are going to run editorials about how the free press must be protected, I hope they all have online versions because nobody's going to read it. (laughs) I think most people are actually going to be reading it in the online version. 
the way that things are now. Yes, well, sir, what I was going to say there actually is... What uh, were you going to say there? There is the Committee to Protect <laughs> Journalists, uh, and you can, we can all oh. sign up for it now. You want me to sign you up? Committee to Protect Journalists. Yeah, you want to sign up for it? From what? Trump's <laughs> jokes? Well, uh, I no think it's... No one should it's... be allowed to joke about the press. Too serious. What we do is beyond reproach. Uh, do you, you know, I asked you... Th- you'll have to look for this, I know. But the interview with Omarosa... Over the weekend on Meet the Press. Because again, I, I like to point this out. You're not reporting if you care who wins and loses. Such a simple thing. You're not a reporter if you care. And this little thing, I know Chuck Todd, we all know, Meet the Press. But he really reveals himself here as being on one side. Let's see if people catch it. Oh, part of the reason that you're there is to stand in front of the racial freight train and that you didn't necessarily you didn't do that that you and you've admitted that you were complicit I describe myself as and, a guardrail and you've admitted you were complicit a reporter would say something like you have said that you were complicit an advocate for the resistance would say you've admitted and you've admitted that you were complicit. Just, That's what an advocate says. You've admitted that you were complicit, using buzzword from the resistant, complicit. A reporter says, you have said. It's been reported that you've told friends that you were complicit. An advocate says, you've admitted that you were complicit. So this is the press. This is the free press that has to be protected so that these objective reporters can engage in their objective reportage? I think not. Let's and do you've this. you've admitted that you were complicit. Just- it's the stories, WTFs, and outrages we just couldn't miss. Extra, extra, read all about it. How, how many times have I told you to get that voice out of there? That like every extra, week. extra. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot to do that last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was uh, I was so busy looking at all these. Uh, I've got a so this committee, the committee of what protecting journalists, right? No, you really hooked on this committee. Say, well, they've got a list. So uh, in 2017, there were 262 journalists that were imprisoned uh, throughout the world. Throughout the to, world, how many in the United States of America? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm trying to find. Like right now. Um, I don't see any from the United yeah, States at that's, all. Uh, I would guess that's probably it. It said after after Turkey, which had the most jail journalists. Yeah, Turkey, absolutely. It's a uh, dictatorship. Seventy three were, uh, or actually, excuse me, Turkey had seventy three, China forty one, Egypt with twenty, and then it starts going down to like the yeah, Vietnam, but, you get, the but the United States, United States, uh, I don't zero. I don't see any from zero. the United States. Zero reporters. List. Put in jail for what they reported because this is America, and we don't do it that way. It's you hear an awful lot of rhetoric. I think I'm going to have to do it in the podcast thirty. I want to talk about how I came to this epiphany over the weekend that I uh, I, I just don't like protest songs, but I also have some stuff that I learned about Burundi, and it all fits together. But I need a little time. I need a little time to uh, to get you know all that out there, but. There's a little bit there. All of this talk, like women, oh, we have to protect women's rights in this country. This Trump, 
He said a vulgar thing on a recording on a bus 12 years ago. <laughs> we must be protected from this. And I think to myself, all right, this guy's been president. And don't get me wrong, he's a goofball, and I go after him quite often. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in the facts of the matter. Since this president was sworn in almost two years ago, not quite, maybe a year and a half, a little more, can somebody tell me the thing that women had the right to do before his inauguration that women don't have the right to do now? I missed it. But sometimes I will sleep for a couple of days straight. So it's quite possible that it dropped on a Saturday or something when I was just sleeping off a big old drunk from the night before. <laughs> a drinking binge, as I'm fond of going on drinking binges. And then you sleep for a long time. Maybe I was sleeping through the law that the Republican Congress passed that rescinded this or that right from women. Did I miss that? What is it that women can't do now that they were able to do before this president was inaugurated? Oh, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's nonsense. You know, I was thinking this last night. It's like this uh, Brian Kemp, uh, not Brian Kemp, but uh, what, uh, what was the race that David Schaefer, shameful David <laughs> Schaefer, was that for Secretary of State? Tax or, Commissioner, wasn't it? Whatever it was, he lost. And the commercials, this is why I could never run for office. I am not willing to destroy another human being just to get the power that I want. I'm just, I can't imagine it. So this guy won. He beat, I don't know David Schaefer. I never heard of David Schaefer. I know nothing about him. Right. I knew that my introduction to David Schaefer were the shameful David Schaefer ads. Yep. Now, David Schaefer put out ads, and he had a whole different story. He was saying he was a great guy, but that side didn't win. I know nothing about a David Schaefer except for the commercials that come at me. And leading up to that election, what was it for? Uh, Lieutenant Governor. Okay. And he lost to Jeff Duncan. Okay. So, so was it was it Jeff Duncan who was saying he was shameful? That's right. <laughs> David Shame. Now, I'm watching these commercials during the election, and I'm thinking, wow, if this is true, that guy should be put in jail. He's evil. He shouldn't be allowed to go just do business like a normal person in Georgia with this shameful... So then Jeff Duncan wins, and David Schaefer loses, and suddenly nobody cares that he was shameful. So that was all BS? Like, if Jeff Duncan was on, the first question I would say to him is, well, when you get in office, if you win, what are you going to do about this shameful David Schaefer? <laughs> Seems to me that we've left some business on the table because you were scaring the bejesus out of me that this guy was an actual threat to the citizens of Georgia. But then when the election was over, I didn't hear you say, oh, what? It was BS? Oh, what? You really know? The oh, you actually sometimes, like you're in the same room and you mingle with him and you guys are friendly to each other? Oh, you just made it up. Oh, I, oh, oh, I'm a dummy. You wanted power. And so you were willing to destroy another human being. And given the fact that I'm actually a person with some empathy, and I don't understand doing that, like destroying somebody else so that you can get power. I get it. I'm naive. Oh, you didn't mean it. It was all BS. Because leading up to the election, it seemed like this guy was a menace 
to society. And then as soon as he lost the election, nobody talked about the fact that he was such a danger anymore. That's bizarre to me. That's bizarre to me. Watch out. So he's only, he's only a threat if he wins the lieutenant governor's race. Or primary in that situation. Well, he was a member of the Order of the Greek Horsemen. Shameful. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm literally I'm reading his Wikipedia page. I'm like, Did you see like the New York Times? The, the, the New York Times. <laughs> yes. Eddie, uh, I think he coached a baseball team for his yeah, son. I mean, Shameful. I don't know. What I'm saying here is I'm not defending David Schaefer. I don't know David Schaefer. I don't know. All I know is that his opponent told me that he was a menace to society. And the day after the election, he stopped talking about it. Now, like, that'd be like saying, this Dr. Frankenstein has unleashed a monster on the public. And that gets him elected. And then afterward, he never mentions the monster anymore. Eh, who cares? He's out there. If there's a real threat then the threat would continue. Am I wrong? Am I, I know I'm being naive here. It's, uh, in the New York Times, some local professor wrote some editorial about oh, Brian Kemp. Oh, yeah, that one's a doozy. Uh, he's you know, <laughs> this guy's got to be stopped. The enemy of democracy. I mean, this guy wakes up in the morning and he eats racism for breakfast. <laughs> he's totally, that's all it's about for him. For this Brian Kemp, that's all he cares about is making sure that only white people are allowed to Vote in elections. I get up every morning and have a bowl of shredded white. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the David Shaver thing, I realized it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. So in order for Stacey Abrams to be where she is, and in order for Brian Kemp to be where he is, and to face off against each other, the one thing that we know about both of them is they're both willing to destroy another human being to get the power they want. So Brian Kemp, the editorial in the New York Times wasn't about why he isn't right for the job, the, how he did his... It's all about, if I'm to believe this editorial, Brian Kemp, for the last 10 years or more, has been doing... His only mission in life was to keep black people from voting. And then you read the thing, and there's no new news in there. No new news. Not the new news. That's coming up. No new news. I mean, basically, the idea is that Georgia has been run by Republicans for a long time, so districts are gerrymandered in their favor. Find me a state where one party, either party, has been in charge for over 20 years, where districts have not been gerrymandered to keep that party in power. It would be news if you found a state where it didn't happen. News is supposed to be the unusual. So the New York Times says, no, we've never met Brian Kemp, but we want a blue Georgia, and we're willing to destroy a human being to get the power we want. And I'm not letting Kemp off the hook, because he's going to say things about Abrams that show me that he's willing to destroy another human being to get the power he wants. Well, they're all full of it. All right, that music says that we have to go. We're going to do the podcast 30. I will explain there how I why I hate protest songs, and how I learned that everyone from Burundi is skinny. That's time for the Podcast 30. 
That crappy EDM music tells us it's time for the Podcast 30. You know me, I'm Eric Von Hessler. La-di-da. Commanders is still here. Jared Yamamoto is still here. English Nick going to join us in a second? I think so. We come out a little early now, so he kind of joins us in progress. Autumn Fisher is still here. Oh, and uh, it sounded like <laughs> it sounded like Greg was moving furniture, but it was just he a is piece here. Of paper. It was just a piece of paper. No, you were moving around looking for the piece of paper, and you were challenging Autumn's <laughs> daughter's <laughs> stick figures. I with. I have a box of uh, some of my own stuff. I just think it's funny how kids draw people. Like yeah. The legs are. Gee, that one doesn't even have a body. I guess I gave mine. I used to draw in elbows and knees. That's what those round marks oh. are. Oh, wow. That's that. very Joy. good. I don't think I ever even noticed elbows and knees when I was that age. It just didn't occur to me. I like the drawing that Ellie did of everyone in the family, and she made Autumn look uh, evil. Yeah. Yeah. From her point of view, her mom is just always red-faced and just raging. Yes. And that's (laughs) – if you took that to uh, a doctor, a pediatrician, (laughs) and they saw that, they would would call whatever the defects of Maryland is, the M-facts. I don't know. Yeah. No, D stands for doesn't stand for Georgia, so that would be silly. <laughs> the G. This is the fa- This is the one that she drew of me. <laughs> uh, the Dark eyes. black eyes. Yeah. Wonky eyes. Yeah. yeah, just crazy. Big eyes are loving. Yeah. That's the way she interpreted it. Well, look, this is like her, or that's P- or, I don't know if that's Travis. Is that pizza? Somebody. Uh. <laughs> somebody else. I'm just telling happy. you right now, your daughter is not a very good artist and does not show any potential wow. whatsoever. <laughs> Look, it's my it's my job to tell you uh, the baby your baby can't be an artist. That's my job. Be truthful. I have a I have to and Greg. I know that you don't listen to the radio show, so sometimes uh, I do. But I've been I, I didn't today. I've been teasing uh, something that I I, I want to get to because it happened over the weekend and it affected me. So I went to Dayton, Ohio, to see David Byrne. Great show. I knew it was going to be a great show, and it was a great show. And I knew it was going to be a little political. And it was a little political. It was political. a little what? Political. 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 I'm saying this was a little political. God bless <laughs> the United States. And I was ready for that. And because I'd seen him before, I knew that the last song was a protest song. Sure. So this time, I watched the whole show, and just to make sure... He, there's a there's a tell because he walks out with a, like a drum kind of thing in his hand. That's what I know because he's gonna bang that drum while he's doing his protest song. Is it the only time he does the drum thing? In his hand, because everybody else is. Other people have a lot drums, of percussion, and, yeah. mm-hmm. but I don't know what he has in his hand. But it's a thing he can bang. Yeah. You know, while he's doing it, while he's screaming at me. Did uh, you leave? I yeah, I got up. And I went and got myself a Mountain Dew, and that was the end of the show. It didn't matter because I didn't want to be brought down because the show was so good. And, you, you know, by the end, the last song is burning down the house, and you're just floating on a cloud. And that's the way I want. I wanted to float out of there on a cloud. I didn't want to be yelled at about politics. So I took the opportunity. I got out of there. And I started thinking. Now, now I have to step back. This is kind of convoluted, but it all comes together. Mm. So my friend Stefan, myself, and my wife, we drive from here. To Dayton. Threesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not in the funny way. No. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. We've known each other for 30 years. Your friends. Trio. So. How long is that drive? Seven hours. But we had a good time. We're catching up. We're, we had fun. 
I enjoy driving. Kia? What? Did you take the Kia? I took the Kia. Yeah. How many times did you have to stop for gas? Two. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not it's bad. It's not yeah. bad at all. And I, you know, and it, that didn't even run. You know, I had gas left over. Three dollars and nineteen cents a gallon now. Right? I don't no. even look. Oh. I'm so oh, rich. You're so rich. You don't. Care. I don't even look. Yeah, look at that. So uh, <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one time because my buddy's like that. He's like, "Hey, you know, you can get it for four cents less over there." I was like, "Yeah, but I have to drive over there." This part He's of this, got the time. This is easier, yeah. and they got hot dogs over here, so you know. <laughs> so we drive. Delicious gas station. Hot oh, dogs. you can't they beat them. Are those rolly things? Yeah. Oh, yeah it's oh, called yeah. a roller grill. You know, is that a called yeah. roller grill? A roller grill. I remember. A, is that like the roller derby? The, the, they fight yeah, each so, other in there? Yeah. It's hot dogs get the fight on the roller girl. So we drive seven hours. <laughs> we get to Dayton around four o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh. And it turns out that Dayton at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon is pretty much a ghost town. We're right in downtown, you know, Fifth Street and whatever. We're, we're right downtown, stay at the Crown Plaza. Now, first thing I want to let you know is you may not. I, I don't. I, it wasn't a bad experience, but I do want to warn you something you may not realize: the Crown Plaza in Dayton, not quite as fancy as the Crown Plaza <laughs> in Manhattan. I just want you to know that it's a, not just a little bit. It wasn't a bad experience, but it wasn't. Uh, Are you sure it was the Crown Plaza, not the 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 Plaza? Oh, without an e at the end of the crown, uh, it could have been a whole ripoff chain. It's possible. You fell for. My wife, <laughs> my wife, point. who always gets everything just a little bit wrong, uh, she told me we were staying at the Crown Royal, and I said, <laughs> "Are you sure that's a good part of town?" So it was the <laughs> a lot of winos. So it was. They still have winos. So uh, she so stuck. We, we, she stuck the world royaling because she's British. Yeah, that's, that's, what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. She's she loves the royals. Yeah, let's stay at the Crown Royal. So. We get there, and there's really, it's kind of a ghost town. Now, the Crown Plaza is right across the street from the Dayton Convention Center. So there's nobody there. And how do I put this in a politically correct way? I don't want to point toward people and say this or that, because I don't see color. But to tell you this story, I would say that there was nobody around, except there was about 100 people going in and out of the convention center, and we were the only ones who were white, if you get the picture. So... And we're like, wow, is there a concert? What's going on? Then we get out of the car, and my wife says, it says here that the blind boys of Alabama are playing. Well, it turned out, I was like, well, this is a pretty young crowd for the blind boys of Alabama. What a day in Dayton. Turned out they were playing right behind the hotel, a free concert for all the Daytoners. The Daytoners, oh. they call themselves. Uh, I wonder so, if Don Imus was there. He's a big fan of them. Is he a big fan the, of them? The Blind Boys of Alabama. Oh, they're great. So as we were walking out <laughs> going to the show, we actually stopped over there, watched a couple of Blind Boys songs, then went to the show. Still didn't answer the question, what's going on over at the convention center <laughs> that there are so many, uh, what we thought at the time, well, no, you'd be right. Absolutely right. I get confused with these, because sometimes you say African-American, but... Sometimes they'll be from like Jamaica or something, like mm. the descendants, you know, and I don't want to make that mistake. So I'll go back to the 70s. What's going on over at the Dayton Convention Center that appeals to young black people? So we don't know. We found out it wasn't the Blind Boys of Alabama. We go to David Byrne. I know there's going to be some political talk, and I'm ready for it. After I walked out, not in a huff or anything, just eh, I'll get myself a Mountain Dew. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, like, what? And I realized, I just don't like protest songs. Any protest song. 
I find it, and I had time to think about this, I find it condescending that a musical artist thinks that I'm so daft mm. that I don't have the ability to process, digest the news of the day and come up with a reasonable point of view and my own opinion, that I need, that I need guidance. But they have a platform, and they feel the need to use well, that platform, that's and that's fine. okay. And I have the need. I'm not saying it's, I wouldn't pass a law. I'm just going through my response <clears> to <throat> it and, and why. First of all, let me step back and say, in the middle of the concert, now this is completely ridiculous. David Byrne is 65, and let me just say, he hasn't lost maybe a half a step, but this was a great show. He didn't go, oh, he's 65. He, he was hitting the – he can sing. The, the whole presentation is unbelievable and coordinated. Fantastic. In the middle of the show, he says, we've partnered up with some such organization, uh, Get Out the Vote, and you can register to vote right here. You can leave here registered to vote. It would be okay. the easiest thing in the world. And he says, I, I, I just saw a story that only 17% of – People between the ages of 19 and 30 voted in the last election. And he's like, the future belongs to you. you need... And I'm sitting there thinking, this is not MTV 1982, get out the vote. David, you realize almost everybody here is 45 and up. Now, I don't know how these people vote, but chances are they've figured out how to vote. At, at age. the age of 45. Yeah. So it's just kind of an empty gesture. I love David Byrne. I wish more people who are 25 were seeing this and being exposed to it. But the fact of the matter is, this is not the demographic. You're not turning people on to voting for the first time. So there's silliness there. So when the protest song is being barked out at me at the end, but I'm out getting my Mountain Dew, I'm thinking about protest songs and how condescending I find it. But then I have another question to myself. This was a big Mountain Dew head, a lot of time. <laughs> and I'm, so I said, I, the question was like, I was like, Eric, do you just not care? Like, are you, are you cold-hearted yeah. and just not interested? Okay, so we leave the concert. We drive back to the Crown Plaza. Again, still a lot of people, young people, outside of the Dayton Convention Center. So as we're walking in, one guy is walking out. And he's very well-dressed, and he's obviously headed toward the convention center. So we stop him, and we ask, what is, what's going on over at the convention center that everybody's going to? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, there was a massacre in Burundi in 2004. And there was, it's this, uh, the Tutsi and the Hutus and whatever, and some other organization. And it was a United States, uh, not, not, United Nations refugee camp, and they should have been safe, but they weren't protected. And these people came in in the middle of the night, and they just murdered 186 people. And there were children, and they hacked them up into pieces, and they set people on fire, and all of this. And I was like, well, when did this happen? And then we're asking for more information, and this guy's... Obviously, really kind of happy that some stranger is asking. And he said, every some odd years, we get together and we commemorate this wow. event because it was a horrific event back in Burundi. And I, and I thanked him for the information. And I said, look, I'm going to go up and, you know, I'll, I'll Wikipedia. I, I, this is interesting to me. I'd like to know more about it. And so I was turned on to a horrible thing that happened in world history that I didn't know about. 
And it answered my question. As annoyed as I was at David Byrne with his protest song, because there's nothing in that song that I don't already know about, that I haven't read about, that I haven't digested, that I haven't come up with my own opinion about. And just to the point that I'm asking myself, are you just cold-hearted, hard-hearted, just don't care about the world? In an organic sense, which a protest song can never be organic, it's always sort of pre-planned about what the effect's going to be and how I'm going to turn. No. Then I meet a complete stranger who tells me about an atrocity that happened in 2004, and I'm completely interested. It's organic. It's the moment. I asked the question. The question was answered. And over the weekend, I've learned a lot about this situation, not only about the massacre, but how the Congolese are involved. And, and so for me... I answered my own question. I am still open and curious, and I want to know, and I want to, I want to know about atrocities. I care about people. I just can't stand protest songs. Well, you, <laughs> That's what I've learned about myself. You had a conversation with that guy, right? It was, it was a two-way street. Was when somebody's street. singing at right. you, right. that's the difference for you, I think. But, you right. know, for somebody, I don't know about all of those people that David Byrne sings about in that song, so I'm... I'm happy to be enlightened by him a it's, little bit. It's intellectually dishonest. Now, that song is a remake, his version of, uh, Je, is it, I always want to say Monet Janelle or Janelle Monet. <laughs> Which one is it? Janelle, Janelle Monet. Monet. Yeah. 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 And I think that I've heard some of her stuff, and I think that she's, she's very talented. Mm -hmm. I, like her, I like the stuff that I've heard. So the whole concept is, say his name, say his name. And then he barks like 17 names. Some of them I know. All of it is about... Uh, uh, either cops or white people or, you know, basically Black Lives Matter, uh, being shot, being killed because you're black. Injustice in certain people's Right, but eyes. I mean, being killed, right. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, so, but here's the intellectually dishonest thing about it. So you yell the name, uh, Trayvon Martin, say his name, say his name. But there's like, and Michael Brown being the big one. There's like 17 names he yells. Mm -hmm. It's intellectually dishonest and not possible that every one of those cases is mirrored, is exactly the same, is one and the same. Every case is nuanced. Now, I know about Michael Brown, and I know that people don't want to deal with the truth about Michael Brown. That being said, it's still a tragedy, but not the tragedy in the way that it's presented. Trayvon Martin, you know, that's a tough one, but a jury came to a decision. Now, another name that's thrown in there is Eric Garner, and in that situation, I think that guy shouldn't have died. He was selling loose cigarettes outside of a, and that guy should. So even there, even in some of those names that I'm, I'm aware of, I know there's differences in the cases. Then he spouts off 10 more names I'm not aware of. But the whole concept that, oh, don't, don't worry. Yeah, I'm giving, it, I'm giving you the real deal here. These cases are all exactly the same. That's intellectually dishonest. That's, that's, me, that's not even possible. Let me ask that's you true. something. Yes. about the convention center yeah so what if they were meeting to commemorate a domestic uh tragedy something that happened here would you have been as interested they can just say i don't know a school shooting of some sort yeah i'd be interested because it wasn't this, this guy that i was talking to it wasn't premeditated i'm going to go out there i'm going to get in eric's face and i'm going to make him think about something it was a genuine hey what's going on over there well i'll tell you what's going on over there it's this and then you find it very very interesting and, I, and now, you're not put in the position of, and you didn't know about it because right. of your white privilege. Right, or, right, know. right. It's an indictment. It's an indictment from the stage that you are not doing enough. 
about this. And if he, that's fine, that's fine, but you're being intellectually dishonest by throwing 17 names at me. Now, I also told people, and this is how I found out the other thing, and my, my, my wife and my buddy Stefan were talking about this, I can tell you that given the large sample size that I saw, everyone from Burundi is skinny. <laughs> and these, obviously, these are people who live in America. My guess is, my guess is that maybe because of this massacre, there was some uh, people, because the United Nations were responsible, there was probably some relocation, and it must have been that a large part of that ended up in the Dayton area. But I'm telling you, Everyone <laughs> that, has, that, is, that has connection to Burundi is good-looking and skinny. <laughs> this is, see, I learned. They, they have a great look. David Byrne did not send this. You would think with a few hundred people sample size, you'd see one overweight person. And don't give me the jokes about, well, they're probably starving. Over. These are people who live in America. This is genetics. Great metabolisms. But, yes. But they, they also may keep some of their traditional... Yeah, like cultural cooking and stuff like well, that. Well, whatever so. it is, it's good. The rest of right. us need to learn what it is. Because <laughs> they were not only... Oxtail soup. <laughs> well, yeah, they were not only skinny, but everybody was good looking. There's a guy uh, that you spoke oxtail to... Oxtail soup. Oxtail. Yeah. That's, that's what is, my that's neighbor... That's what my it's neighbor a Caribbean, though. It's Caribbean. Just, just, yeah, she's such a racist. Where do you think the Caribbeans got it from? No. Well, yeah, my African neighbor made oxtail stuff. Did you try it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we used to eat oxtail in England. Why the hell would you want to eat anything tail? It's, it's I don't know. fine. It's just, it's just too close to the butthole, though, I think. Yes, thank you. you well, people people washed in it. People eat the intestines yeah. of animals. Yeah. People, yes, you know, people, tripe. people, not, people not named Eric Von Hessler. Yes. No, but there's plenty know, of food eat... that, that you eat that comes near from near the butt. Rump roast. Oh, rump roast. That's no way. It's all dead and cleaned at that point. Other tubed meats you've eaten and test them before if it's done properly. I've no, I've never. Your your computer's getting weird. But what, say it again. I just said that you've eaten and tested before if you've eaten tubed meats. And I've never eaten properly. a tubed meat. What are you accusing me of? <laughs> sausage before. Oh, sausage. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Well, who cares? Or like That's a, a brat. There's as much there's as much sawdust as intestine and those what about things. A, no, but the casing. Is... I just admitted it. You're very on me today, Autumn. Me? Yeah. What? Yeah, you were stepping on me all over the radio show. We were having fun. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. good. Maybe you were. Yeah. I thought it was a fun no, I got, time. You may, you, I rolled my eyes at one point. Okay, what, what did I What point was it? Oh, I <laughs> you wanted... You down, you're like, I rolled. No, I can remember it. You were trying to talk about that guy, and she's like, well, maybe we need my, to understand. My whole thing, my, if you call it dry delivery, was... Uh, you talking about the airplane guy? Yeah, and yeah. I wanted it to end with... We'll find out what his motivations were, mm -hmm. but I'm a, I got to tell you, I think he was a bit impulsive. And so the idea was to have a dot, 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 little bit of dead air there. Oh, cute And she thing. jumps in with, well, it says here that he says blah, 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 the thing, thing, thing. I was giving you more information. When is that a problem? Well, sometimes. I think that you have to learn my... Oh, absurdity. I know. My absurdity. So, Sometimes I think it's uh, funny to say dry things yeah. that are just dry. Sure. And obvious. And I know that. I know that. I She's not buying it. Sure. That's subjective, right. I know, as to whether people <laughs> no, no, like it or not. But sometimes I think it's funny to me in my own head 
to seriously say things that are really obvious as if they're being said for the first time. I myself find that to be so it's not like a big punchline. There's only a big laugh. That. I didn't realize that that's what you were doing. Well, you better catch up with your host. Get on the train, I do constantly. I'm constantly caught up. Wake up, woman. In one moment. I make. I, I assume that you're speaking from the heart instead of making like a silly. It wasn't duck. silly. I, I wasn't making fun of the guy. I know it's that. just. I think it's. It's somewhat humor to state the obvious as if it's profound. It's just a new character that Autumn debuted. Stupid listener. <laughs> no, <that's stupid. laughs> I was feeling good about today. I didn't realize I had. Uh, oh, you ruined the totally whole damn ruined, ruined the, the whole damn show. <laughs> as far suck. as I'm concerned, and you're the only lady on the show. I can't let you go. Yeah, Otherwise, you it's just a bunch of white guys. It's a bunch well, of sausages. Well, yeah. we got Yamamoto. He's got a little minority in him. Thank and look, you. we can, we can take the Jewish with me and Rob. That's right. Yeah, and I could start speaking like this. Hey, you know what? You're right. We don't need her. No, not needed at all. You, we, you need to restart your computer or something. You're just very robotic. You don't mind? Who's going to do that? Wow, <laughs> this sound better? Now that he's gone? Autumn instead of Greg. Wow, so she would have to get out of there? <laughs> yeah. Her computer was getting a bit waffly at one point there, but it's back. All right. Was it? I was supposed to say during the radio show, how much this, you appreciate Oh, Fisher. I love everybody on this and show. Wow, what would you do with that? Not equally, but I love everybody on the show. <laughs> you going to take us out for some Renga Renga for lunch, since you love us so much? Renga Renga, what the hell are you that's, talking that's about? That's part of the... Burundi of the, uh, diet? Yeah, that's one of their specialties. It's that sounds a, uh, like something I wouldn't like. It's potato leaf and peanut stew. Ooh, sounds really oh, good. Peanut oh, stew. Oh, they just need calories. <laughs> <laughs> Put some cream... I bet it's not a cream <laughs> soup. It's not a cream soup. Uh, Put potatoes and peanuts on I don't know. Now, this Tim Andrews was very, Leaks. very upset. You know, Tim Andrews. Why was is, I upset? Will you? No. Don't you think that I'm about to say and explain what I just started? You should have just stopped right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just Tim Andrews. He's, he was very upset. Done. You got to trust him to know what you're feeling, Tim. All right. You know that. You know that Eric knows better than you. I know. <laughs> I'm. I have empathy. And we're all expected to know exactly where he's going at all times. Yes. I have. Hey, 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 Ooh. Miss Sour Grapes. Snap it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all feeling the same thing. It's Little Miss Sour Grapes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes sour grapes are good. They let you remember what the sweet ones are like. A little bit of tartness never hurt anybody. Oh, oh no, you're wrong. I don't mind my... a bit of a tart every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Tim is very talented, yeah. but he has low self-esteem. Very low. And he likes, okay, very low. <laughs> and he likes... <laughs> Mariana Trench. Yeah. yeah, very. The lowest, lowest, nadir low. Lower than that, mate. Ooh. He's so low. You know the deep state and the deeper state? Below that is Tim Andrews' self confidence. Lower than whale poop. Yeah. Maybe if we get his self esteem even lower, he'll come back through the other side. Well, yeah, that's, like that's so that's he's your in own the mantle point. now. Let's get to yeah. the core. Let's and get to the core. Yeah, yeah, but what if that whole Hobbit thing is true and he just decides to stick around and live there? Oh, I would. I get a hobbit chick. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Nothing like hair on the toes. I don't care. Mm. Little short, hairy lady. You know. So this Tim an Andrews illusion to her. This Tim Andrews. You figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. The books were boring to me, and uh, the movies were. I don't know what. Yeah. One what I was expecting. <clears throat> I can't take that Gollum character talking for like. Yeah, delicious masters. Sick to my stomach. Fat hobbitses. <laughs>
That's I one tuned voice in I could do pretty good. Yeah, that's great. I was yeah, I, tuned in, I tuned in once. It was like 12 straight minutes. The yeah. damn thing wouldn't stop talking. I was going, please, move <laughs> on. It. It's driving me crazy. So Tim Andrews is a good artist along with a good voice person. Oh, as a good voice person. Awesome yeah. on Twitter, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did this great piece of art the other day. It was Trump with the Space Force. It's Trump as Spock, really. Right. With the, with the Space Force. It looks like a Star Trek shirt, but it says Space Force. And it was so good, he thought, I'll make a T-shirt available to the Radio Labyrinth and the Von Hessler Doctrine people. And he posted it, mm. and he was very sad because he didn't sell one, not one single one. That's because it was Sunday. People don't want to buy something. It's not on a good Sunday. enough. That's why. No, it's great. No, it's and he awesome. Sh- he showed it to me, and it's great. So I wanted to use our platforms. And we, I always tell Tim, remind me, because my brain's scattered. In the commercial breaks, quite often what happens is as soon as we break, I talk to Jared and say, well, let's do this. Let's do that story. We'll do this. I'll talk about that. And then two minutes before we go back, you get an I'll, open mic. I'll say to Jared, what are, what are we going to do? And then yeah. he has to repeat back to me everything I said to him. Or an open mic comes in, right. or Tim brings up an awesome point. We get distracted, but my point is, Autumn texts. I get knocked off of what I, even what I'm planning. So if he wants me to push something, I say, remind me before we go in, but he won't remind me. And then he gets, and then he stews about it. I don't stew about it. You I were just, stewing I about I, it. You were peanut stewing about it. I think that, mm, with potato leaves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Potatoes and ranga ranga. Ranga ranga. He was ranga ranga <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't. I just give him the old ranga ranga. <laughs> if we have good stuff going on, I don't want to interrupt it with that. That's well, we always have good stuff going on, so you're going to have to interrupt at All some right. point. Anyway, how do people, look, you should at least look at this. It's a cool shirt. I, I think it's a great shirt. I endorse it. I saw it was great. Yeah. So uh, how you. would people get this wonderful shirt? People, it will be a conversation piece. If you like Trump, it works. If you hate Trump, it works. It works. How silly the space force. So how do you uh, how do you get one? You will go to the official Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page where Jared has posted a link to it. Very good. Why is it one of those T-shirt press things? It or? is. Local company. I keep. It I like local. the fact that you chose the the blackmail. Model. I didn't choose that. Oh, I thought you chose that. You can't no. choose your own models. No, because it looks super hip on that guy. I know it does. Because he's got like the hair. He's like, wow, that guy's really. He's hip. He's wearing that shirt. That I should wear that shirt. It. No, I didn't say because he was black. I said because he. Was, what is with you with the ranga ranga today? You're very what? very. You're very racially insensitive <laughs> today. I don't. Why don't you go to Burundi where you'll be happy? Yeah. Yeah. They live on a camp. Yeah. Hey, you can I bring something? I'm now interested first. in that now. Imagine, though, how caring that much. It's 186 souls, but it's, it happened in 2004, and here we are in 2018, and this convention center is just packed with people commemorating. That's really right, caring. I'm going back to you fighting with me. I think that you were annoyed by your wife a little bit because you spent a lot of time in the car this weekend, my and wife, now you're taking it out on me. My wife and I got along swimmingly this weekend. Of course. There was one moment, there was one moment after the concert my wife was a little juiced up, hey. and she gets into people's faces and gets loud. And what I did, because her brother was there and Stefan was there, I just walked away. You know, I realized after all this time, um, not when my wife gets in that, you know, I'm going to just get in people's faces and confrontation and whatever, the best thing for me to do is just to walk away. Because <laughs> there's no actual winning that. It's like a storm, but if you weather the storm... Sunshine's to come. It will pass. So I've learned after all these years, I just step aside and let her. She just got a lot of like extra energy after the show, and the way that she takes care of that is she likes to confront people 
jokingly, but it gets becomes a little much. Take and her to was, an after party. No, no, I don't want to do that. Why because not? There's after shows. Where, where was I supposed to go in Dayton? Do you know of a place? I mean, I'm I mean, I would have gone to the convention center, but God bless them, it was a bit of a downer. They were, there well, was a uh, Renga Renga food truck on the corner. I <laughs> missed it. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. Hey, did, did your wife stay for the protest song, or did she leave? Did she go out with you to get a Mountain Dew? No, I went out, but I think it turned out that everybody got up and left, but they weren't going with me. Yeah. So, uh, no, she left, I think, just to go to the bathroom. She, I had told her this was going to happen. I don't need David Byrne yelling names at How me. How does she feel about these kind of songs that went at a concert? Like, does, I didn't, does she care? didn't or? care enough to ask. Okay. <laughs> so I thought that would be a conversation <laughs> I have with my significant other. She would be at more some open. Point. She was mad that he didn't do Road to Nowhere uh, in the encore. And she doesn't know Talking Heads as much as I do. So in the encore, she said, it would been nice if he did something we knew in the encore. <laughs> And I went, he did The Great Curve, one of the greatest Talking head songs of all time. It normally is greatest hits time in the encore for most No, bands. in his encore, he did, uh, he, did, he did The Great Curve of Talking Heads. Feel free to leave. I'm not going to play anything you like. <laughs> no, 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 he, he did. Uh, but he, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld was talking, there, apparently. Him talking, he, he says, uh, this is something I, I wrote <laughs> a musical. Bird. I wrote a musical a few years ago about uh, Amelda Marcos. And this is a song of hers. I'd never heard it before, but actually it was very good. Did you hear all the chairs sliding? No, no, it, no. I, it was it was actually a pretty good song, but nobody had heard it. Nobody had heard it. But he did the Great Curve, which I, you know, the world moves on a woman's hips. I love that song. Corazon Aquino. What happened to Corazon Aquino? <laughs> That's it. So yeah, he did that, and she wanted. So she was a little down that he. She thought he was going to do Road to Nowhere. But other than that, I'm going to do a song about Allende. <laughs> it wasn't a political song. It was a very funny song. So apparently, she used to like to go to discos, and she had a mirror ball put in her in her uh, living room or something. And every every lyric in this song was something that she actually said. And 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 the chorus was dancing. It was very good. She's I got just, you. I just never. I'd never heard it before. Closet. So uh, <laughs> Nick said he was moving away over the weekend. Who? Yeah, I, I have one of those moments. Right. Man, you scared the bejeebies out of me. I was mad at the world for a minute. What happened? Where were you, you going to move? You, you were going to go to England? We only Let's have go a minute. Home. I was going to go home, yeah. We I, only I, have I a posted minute. it. It was no big deal. Oh, you know what? you got to be careful. Alcohol and stuff. I know. You I took can't it, go I took online it all down. in a mood. I took it all down. What happened? Understanding that you're not going to do it. What was the spark? Just I felt really low about life at one point over the weekend. Yeah. Why? Do you need friends? I'd gone to see one of my favorite bands here on their farewell tour, and I was really sad that that was over. And yeah. Slayer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was really, like, I was so up at the concert. When it was coming to an end, I was, like, got really emotional. Yeah. And when I got home by myself, I was like, oh, man. So, wait. F it all kind of thing. Well, Not, like, suicide, but. No, but no, hold no, on. No. Hold on one second. Yeah. We only have, like, less than a minute. Um. Are you saying that it made you feel nostalgic so you wanted to go back home and be no, with I, people I just, that you I, knew? Or, or did you blame America for Slayer not no, staying together? No, because they're American. I, I, don't, I, blame, <laughs> I blame Slayer for not staying together. Okay. Uh, I, I just felt like, oh, maybe it's time for a change and maybe I need to go back to You where feel it, like you're in a rut. Sometimes, You yeah. run in the store, you do the thing, you're doing the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, you're not yeah. appreciated enough. Sometimes I feel that yeah. way, yeah. Well, that's correct. These, you're yeah. not appreciated enough. I got all emotional when I read that, and then I thought, eh, he's probably drunk. A little bit. So I thought, too. I was like, please tell me he's drunk. That's why gravity IPAs at Lakewood will do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> you know what's great for me? I'm not on social media. I never saw it. Yeah, I know you didn't. Did anyone actually even reach out to you, Nick? Who uh, saw it? Yeah, a couple of people did, but nobody from this crew. Not yeah. true. I commented on it. Oh, great. He did comment, but you were probably drunk, too. I yeah. was. Yeah. Of course he was.
He was drunk at if Taylor I had Swift. Seen it, if I'd seen it, I would have called. Did Taylor Swift uh, do anything political? No, not I didn't at all. Think so. Actually, very good show. <laughs> and I'm not even a fan. Some you of had Swifties. been drinking for five hours before you got to that show. <laughs> That's How can not you a lie. Be... Yeah. Some of the Swifties showed up at Metalsome, a group of them. That's oh. what they called them. And they had those wristbands, I guess. They're, they're, hurry, hurry. They were activated by the light show and it started them on. Oh, yeah. They were still working in you the know, You know, you should have uh, bedded down with one of them. You would have felt better. No, that, was the, day, that was the day after. country of choice. That was the day after. <laughs> all right. That music says we're done. We'll be here tomorrow. Get off my lawn. Blah, blah, blah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.